Good afternoon, Super Kicker with Stephen fans. Your favorite host right here, Stephen A. 1181. Greg will be joining me shortly. We know he's lamenting his loss for the Phoenix Suns, and I'm sure he will be coming on as we speak. So, um, as far as wrestling is concerned, Raw, we saw a new champion emerge. We saw a new title contender emerge. Um, NXT, we saw a cliffhanger to the end with William Regal getting taken out. On AEW, we saw a new champion. We saw, you know, a new face in AEW as well. And on SmackDown, we saw um, uh, a rivalry kickoff. We saw a possible contender come out. So lots of wrestling stuff to talk up. Lots of good stuff. We'll give Greg a second. He's coming on his way. I know he wants to, you know, give a little um, thoughts on his Phoenix Suns taking a loss, unfortunately, in the NBA Finals. But he's still repping the stuff, as we could see. Look at him right there in all <laughs> glory. You you have a shirt of the Suns underneath your jersey, it looks like. Is that correct? Or is that just a jersey? Yeah, this is the stand with the, the – uh... Same okay. the theme, loyal to the Sorry, soil. I saw the sleeve. This, there's a little extra sleeve to your jersey. That's why I didn't know what was going on there. Yeah, the T-shirt so, under there, but yeah. You know, last week we were pouring out some 40s for losses. Or did you did you pour <laughs> out a little little 40 for your sons this week? Yeah, I'd say I did. Um, you know, I had every confidence in the world that when we come back on today, I'd be uh, celebrating a championship today. And... Uh, didn't go our way, um, so got to give it to them. As much as I hate to do it, you know, we lost to the better team. It's hard to say that, but, uh, you know, you got a team over there with three bona fide all-stars, and uh, that's that the inexperience finally caught up to them. Uh, they cut through the Western Coppers like a hot knife through butter, and it was looking good up two games to zero. But, uh, you know, those games got hairier when they got back to Milwaukee. And, you know, that experience kicked in. Uh, you know, those all-stars start doing all-star things. And uh, Giannis was unstoppable. So, you know, got to give it to him. As I told a friend of mine, because I lived in Wisconsin for a good five, six years. I have great mm -hmm. friends back there. Uh, I told him if it was anybody but the Suns, I would have been rooting for the Bucks. So, yeah, um, you know, in – in hindsight, now I had a, a little bit of time to, to get away from it. Um, you know, props to them, but I hate it. They did it against my squad. But, you know, I'm a Charger fan, so I'm, I'm used to the disappointment and the heartbreak <laughs> and all that stuff. So, yeah, but, you know, they're set up for a long, long run. I mean, the, mm -hmm. seven of their guys are under 25, and 12 yeah. of their guys are under the age of 30. They keep this core together and they're going to make a run for a long, long time. You know, Devin Booker, the superstar is only 24 right now. So mm -hmm. uh, they're looking great. They're going to go and they're going to become a destination now for, you know, some of those big, bigger name guys who are leaving their team to be looking around the landscape yeah. going, where can I go? Hey, let me go over there and play with D book. That guy's a, mm -hmm. that guy's a uh, superstar. And, exactly. uh, you know, we're going to be players in the game now instead of just being that other team, um, you know, taking backseats to the Lakers and the Clippers and all the higher profile, bigger market teams. You know, they're, they're building something big down there in Phoenix. 
and uh, people are going to want to get on with that. So and got the um, right coach in there. It looks like exactly, exactly. He turned that team around right away as soon as he came in, changed the culture, and you know, narrowed the winning. Um, they have a an absurd winning percentage right now, uh, even considering their their finals losses. So you know, they've won eighty percent percent of their games uh, going back to the bubble. So yeah, that's right. Yeah, so they're they're set up really, really nicely for a good long, long run, probably longer than Golden State's run, consider how young they are. Well, that's what's funny. You bring up Golden State and we just think what? We thought they're the next dynasty and then yeah. <laughs> then they go back down because injuries and now it looks like they're trying to get, you know, trading out of the seventh spot. My Pacers have been mentioned trading guys for you know Miles Turner for uh, Wiseman, which I don't want to. I think because that's what it feels like. It feels like the Warriors only need maybe one or two pieces to kind of yeah. get back in that. And my Pacers, you know, I'm not ready to give up. I mean, we just, you know, like some of you said, well, you just made a coaching change. Well, that coaching change sometimes that's all you need. I mean, look at Atlanta. You know, they went from Lloyd Pierce to um, Nate McMillan, and you know, we're in the Eastern Conference Finals. <laughs> yep. So it's like. Yep. Sometimes that coaching change is all you need just to get, you know, the right coach in there. So, uh, yeah, exactly. I think the draft, we got the draft coming up in a week or two, I think. So we'll see if, you know, teams trade out or whatnot. But, yeah, I think you, like you guys got Chris Paul for, you know, you get a couple good years out of him left maybe, and that could help, you know, keep things rolling or get the right veteran. And, who you know, so I did see that Monty Williams congratulate the Bucs. That was pretty cool to see. He went into there. Yeah. You don't really see it that often, you know, the the opposing coach in there, the actual locker room. You know, you might hear do the press conference saying, oh, yeah, I want it. But he was in there and, like, he seems like the right guy. So, um, yeah, props to the Bucs. I think the last championship they won was 1971 with yeah, um, about yeah. Oscar and – Kareem, maybe? Yeah. Which, <laughs> which you think, oh. wow, that's a pretty good. That's a pretty good one, too, right there. So, um, he was still a little less into back then. So, he hadn't even yeah. changed his name yet. Yeah. That's oh, okay. That's right. Yep. Because 71. Uh, so, yeah, good stuff back there. But as, a, as well, we have new champion to talk about on Raw. Uh, that's a nice segue there, isn't it? Uh, which we'll get to the, <laughs> nice. at the end. Uh, I don't, did you have any thoughts on Money in the Bank as a whole, Greg? I know we kind of chatted here and there, but um, for me, I thought it was a pretty solid night. Very surprised. I thought the Nikki Cross, Nikki Ash was kind of a surprise, fluky, you know, win. I thought the men's match was really solid. Um, it seemed like everybody kind of got their time to shine, as we always think. And, you know, um, I thought Big E is a really solid choice. And it's int- I'm really going to be interested to see which side of the direction. We all we've already seen where Nikki Ash is going, um, and we'll talk about that. And most people already know that she she got the title. So uh, once again, a short reign. I think the women and I think Carmel's the only one who feels like she's held it. You know, like she has the longest reign for two hundred some days, two hundred seventy one, I think it was. And everybody else feels like I th- I know Bailey. I think Bailey cashed in the same night. Ale- I thought Alexa cashed in the same night as well. Yeah. And then you had Carmella, so it's like <laughs> they must just want to, you know, just kind of. And of course, Asuka, you know, last year got the title, uh, you know. So we'll kind of see. I, I feel like 
with Big E, they're going to wait it out. I think Big E, he's like right on that cusp. I still think he needs some singles victories. Just kind of really, you know, a good feud or two here and there, you know, or a good couple matches, and then you get his name in. But then again, if I look on the Raw side and I look what New Day's gone through against Bobby Lashley, it makes a lot of sense if Big E can get in there. And I think the thing with Big E, I want him to do the face thing and say, I want – the champion at blah, blah, blah. You know, don't do the the cheap cash in. I mean, Nikki did it and it worked. But at the same time, I feel like with Big E, he doesn't have that. Or, you know, I don't think he has. It, it shouldn't work that way with him, if that makes sense. So uh, everything else, Money in the Bank was fine. You know, nothing really earth shattering. Well, we did see the Usos win the title in the pre-show. That was, that was pretty surprising, I thought. But then again, if you really want to run with the bloodline, you might as well, like we always say, strike when the iron's hot. So, mm-hmm. but Greg, how, you know, what you, did you have any kind of, you know, thoughts on Money in the Bank as a whole? You know, kind of give it to us. Yeah, I really loved the uh, Money in the Bank pay per view. Um, it, was, it was great seeing them, you know, back in front of a full house. And um, I was watching really closely to seeing how they would, were going to respond to all the performers because it's, what we've been talking about for weeks and weeks, you know, these guys are going to think they're over. And when they come out, you know, they're going to get a hard reality check uh, for some of them. And so I was really listening in for, you know, seeing how, what kind of pop are these guys getting? Um, what are they, how are they responding? What are they chanting? Uh, cause, cause now you can't control it. You know, you can't turn the level up and, you know, generate the reaction that you want. Um, but you could tell that, you know, they miss the live action. The crowd was electric, you know, you're feeling it through your TV. Um, and you could tell the performers turned up, uh, there wasn't a bad match on the cart. Uh, everybody brought it, everybody performed. And, uh, the only ones really dropped the ball was Peacock Network when they get ready to have the men's money in the bank. And, you know, we went into glitch mode and, uh, we missed the, uh, at least I, I did, I missed everything from um, the Applebee's promo to uh, the entrances of all the money in the bank participants for the men's match. Um, and that was something I was looking forward to, to seeing was, you know, what kind of reaction is Riddle getting? What kind of reaction is yeah. Morrison getting? What kind of, you know, and there's a Johnny Drip Drip chant going out. And it's like, okay, that doesn't surprise me. Um, yeah. Well, maybe it did a little bit, but um you know, what kind of reactions everybody getting, you know, E got love. Um, and then, you know, they, they blew up for all the, the big high spots. And there were so many of them. And uh, it's like you're saying, everybody got their moment to, you know, show off, you know, look like a million bucks. And, um, you know, you can tell it was the first pay-per-view back in, a, in forever, you know, with the crowd, uh, you know, not counting WrestleMania. Um, but uh, great show all around, and I was really impressed with, you know, how everybody did across the board. And um, you know, consider the the John Cena return, the the earth shattering moment there at the end when. Uh, yeah, not even. He said it get to bring that up. And, of course, I forgot about that, right? Yeah, which but, is crazy to think because it's John Cena, and we all saw it coming. I just. And it was funny because he just comes out and just salutes the crowd and, you know, leaves. But then, of course, it does look like as well they're going to let him kind of be a 
looks like I wonder if he'll jump back and forth between Raw and SmackDown. Like he won't be assigned a, a brand because he was on Raw and then he was on SmackDown. So yeah, the John Cena pop was really great, and yeah, it, we it we really gotta we gotta dig into out. that for SmackDown because we had a little change up there. It looks like, and I'll be curious to see how that plays out. So, but what I was reading was WWE had no idea the Peacock stuff was going on because you know they have their own feeds. So I guess they don't have the Peacock feed there. So they had no clue. So they couldn't do anything about it because it's, you know, so hopefully Peacock does get that all sorted out because like you said, I think we got, you know, I think we missed the first five, seven, 10 minutes of it, of that right. match. And it was everybody. I mean, which I kind of was happy. I, I was only glad to see that was everyone, you know, sometimes yeah, on my yeah. end or you're in, like you said, it might be, you know, internet or it might be the network or something. But this was like, you know, I in Twitterverse, it was just everybody scrolling. Like, I was surprised it wasn't trending, but um, that was my own thing. I was like, well, it's the Peacock Network, so I can't can't up my internet, can't reset the boot, you know, restart it. I mean, I, I eventually restarted, but uh, yeah, it kind of sucks. Like you said, we didn't get to see the entrances, so I'd, I haven't gone back to rewatch it. So I guess I could go back and rewatch it, kind of see how everybody, but uh, yeah, The Miz and John Morrison came out for the pre show and got a huge, Huge, because I was wondering. All of a sudden, you heard the crowd like brewing at the the kickoff show, and it was Morrison and Miz, and you know they're gonna. I do think I could see little kids buying the drip sticks and you know yep. shooting people at home with those, and <laughs> maybe bring them bring them to the you know the mm-hmm. arena, just having them, but um, kind of like the DX glow sticks and all that. So right, whatever works. But uh, so we will get into Raw where John Cena came out the start. I think it made sense. John Cena kicking off, coming back, looking fresh, looking like he's, you know, was going to be there for through SummerSlam and then go off and film another movie and then come back whenever he does. But he had two issues a challenge of Roman Reigns, which is what we kind of expected. You know, I think that's where we're headed until we got to SmackDown. But um, any thoughts on John Cena back and going after Roman Reigns? It does feel like there, there's a little – because we saw that No Mercy in 2017, I think it was, or 2018, I can't, whichever that No Mercy, and the hype was there. I don't know if the match was as there as much, but this is kind of a different Roman, too. So it'd be interesting to mm-hmm. see how they play it off if it does, in fact, happen <laughs> with the Finn Bauer aspect hanging in the weeds as well. So, uh, Greg, any thoughts on the opening segment with John Cena and calling out Roman? Yeah, I, I love it. Um, John Cena is is that guy. He's the you know whenever he comes back, you know he's going to get that love. He's going to get that respect now. And especially the longer he goes away, the more he's going to get it. And he's been gone for quite a while now. Um, so when he came out uh, at the uh, end of the pay per view and the place just blew up, uh, you know that was all the you know affirmation you needed right there that. Um, the guy's still relevant, you know. He still got it. So everybody still likes the, the chant. He, has, he doesn't have to make a move. He just has to show up, and everybody's going to be behind it. Um, and this is the match that we've been clamoring for uh, from the beginning. I mean, we got we got it in 2017, but it wasn't like this. It wasn't. We didn't get what we wanted with Reigns finally going heel. We didn't get that ultimate clash of. Uh, good and bad, and well, they rushed guys, it back then too. Like, remember there was mm-hmm. like a it was like a month buildup, and that was it. 
So this, yeah. I mean, this is probably about a month too, but at the same time, Reigns has been building himself up. You know, like this, like you said, this feels like it's going to be a bigger deal, especially in Vegas on like a Saturday night. I mean, that that's something right there. So um, yeah. sorry to interrupt, but. Uh, Roman had to, you know, grow into his clothes as it is. You know, he was still green back then and he was still learning what to do. He was still um, learning how to carry himself in the ring. You know, it's different when you don't have Steph Rollins and Dean Ambrose standing next to you. So all you have to do is stand there and growl and look hard. Um, you know, there's a different weight to having to carry the load by yourself. And um, remember, there was that epic promo back then where John Cena told Roman, you know, I'm still here because you're not ready, uh, to paraphrase. And it was, you know, they, you know, broke down that fourth wall, as they like to say, you know, bringing the truth into the promo. And, you know, Roman couldn't cut a, a good promo. He was still, you know, lacking with his ring work and was skating by on just being over. Um, and it took it took that time to, you know, grow into his clothes, you know, to, you know, reach his full potential. And now he's there. Now he can give a rock solid promo. Now he can get his matches over and looking like a million bucks and you know, he's ready. And now he's in that role that you want him in when John Cena comes back. There's no, he's a tweener. There's no, um, you know, gray area. It's defined good, bad, right, left. And now it's, you know, the clash of the Titans, King Kong versus Godzilla right now. So, um, and, and no, no better to have him come out first and lay down the who, what, when, where, why, and you know the way he did on Raw, and you know set the table. And it would be, this is what I expected to happen um, with this angle, that uh, you know they're not going to be getting physical with each other, um, you know, until maybe the go home show. So they're going to have to fill it that time somehow. And so, you know, Cena is going to be on both brands, you know, raising the roof and, you know, people are going to be coming to see them on the road and they're going to want to see him. So he's that guy who transcends both brands. He transcends the business almost right now. So um, he's going to be on both brands, but he's going to be focused on Roman and we're going to eventually get that match. But this is a good way to fill that time and fill that space. Here's kind of a hot spot question. Does Cena wrestle on SmackDown or Raw before then? I think he will. I think he um, will too. Somebody, like in a tag match or six man or so it's something that he does have to do a lot with. Or like you said, if somebody just calls him out, maybe he teams up with Riddle. Because I didn't even bring up that up. We had the little <laughs> we had the bro segment between him and Riddle, which <laughs> Is, yeah, I think it, I think that's almost like a seal of approval. You know, it right. it felt like a okay. Cena's giving the green light to Matt Riddle. That's something big. So yeah, um, but yeah, I'll go ahead and uh, see where you think Cena might end up wrestling or whatever might happen. Yeah, but I, I totally agree with you that uh, Cena is signing off with with Riddle because you know he knows what he can do and he's got that you know potential in him. Uh, but I can definitely see that weekend before or, you know, 
the go home show before um, SummerSlam, John Cena versus main event Jey Uso mm-hmm. um, going down with, you know, Roman at commentary or watching from the stand or watching from the uh, ramp, something like that. Um, you know, I can definitely see the Usos calling him out and then possibly a tag team match. Um, Just a second. I got somebody at my door. Keep talking. Okay. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be fantastic the way this is set up with the uh, next few. But we got a month before SummerSlam, and the promos are going to be fire. It's going to be back and forth. These two trying to one up each other. Uh, Paul Heyman getting in the mix. Um, and I love the uh, segment. And we have got SmackDown, but Paul Heyman walking out singing John Cena's music was got me laughing out loud because that was unexpected and he played it to the T. But those three characters in there, um, Cena, Heyman, and Reigns going back at each other for the next month. Yes, please. Give me some more of that. I was wondering if Cena will team up with Mysterio. It's kind of like Edge and maybe go against this, you know, the bloodline. And like you said, that go home show. And it kind of like I don't want Cena and Reigns to touch. So hopefully, you know, they just keep playing it out so that they don't right. touch. But yeah, like you said, I could see something like that happening. And uh, yeah, uh, that was uh, just a friend of mine who's looking at houses in my neighborhood. So it's like, uh, <laughs> I'd love to talk more. But yeah, anyway, so uh, that was unexpected. But you know, that's that's the that's the beauty of live TV, folks. Yeah. So uh, speaking of riddle. <laughs> Uh, him and the Viking Raiders defeated AJ Styles, almost and John Morrison. I think we're actually getting the tag team title match next week is what I saw. Like we've both been saying, I think Viking Raiders just need to take it. You know, we we just need to do it and, you know, kind of let AJ and almost do their own thing. But uh, the Randy Orton stuff, uh, from what I'm reading, they knew he was going to be off for some time. But I guess it's longer than they expected. <laughs> So I don't know what's going on there. If he just, you know, trying to get stuff sorted out. But, um, you know, now that we, I, and like we, like I was saying, I was wondering if the Damian Priest might feud might play into that. But now that looks like that's gone away. So, yeah, I think we're just in a holding pattern for Riddle because we don't know where Orton, you know, we don't know what's going on with Orton. But I think you just need to let the Viking Raiders just get those titles because, you know, I think they're in a better place as well from when they first were on Raw. And, you know, AJ and Omos could still do tag team stuff, but I, I don't know. I just I, I think I'm ready for a real tag team to have the titles. And, yeah. you know, it's fine to have a feud and whatnot, but, you know, we just – we need more tag teams on Raw, you know, especially like we said with The Miz hurt for uh, the time beat. And right now The Miz, he was on some interview show, and, like, he doesn't have a timetable for his return. like. He wants to, you know, and that's fine. I think he does need to come back. You know, it's like an, it's like an injury. You, you know, it's like a, a basketball player coming back. Like, you want to make sure you have your lift. You know, you can't be tentative. Mm-hmm. Like, I hate to bring up the Pacers back in the day, but when Victor Oladipo came back, he looked like he he was tentative, and you can't be that in wrestling. So um, I think if the Miz takes nine months, ten months, you know, whatever time he needs, because it looks like they'll still put the Miz on TV, obviously. And, you know, mm-hmm. as you know, if he needs to miss a couple weeks for therapy or, you know, whatever, if he 
then that's fine. But the Miz is always going to be relevant, you know, when, no matter what. You could have him cut promos from home, I'm sure, or something like that. You know, I miss the old days of the, um, you know, the live satellite, like from home. Uh, you know, we could go all the <laughs> way back to uh, yep. Brian Pillman and the Stone Cold stuff when uh, Pillman's got a gun and all that. But anyways, that's a whole nother. Or Orton breaking into um, Cena's Triple house H. or, you know, Triple H's house, like throwing him through the glass window and all that, you know, Edge and Cena uh, fighting in the hotel room. So, you know, I'm sure we could do stuff, you know, with The Miz if he's, you know, from the, the mansion of his Hollywood home. But, uh, yeah, I'm ready for Viking Raiders to get the titles. I don't know what Riddle's going to do for the time being because it just, like we said, I think he's kind of in a holding pattern right now. So uh, any thoughts on the six-band match? I, I really didn't have any thoughts because I just don't really remember it. <laughs> it just kind of yeah. happened. So. I'm, I'm kind of over six-man matches. They just, yeah, you know, just put these couple feuds together and, you know, get, you know, kill two birds with one stone. Uh, Nothing special about it. So, yeah, it is. Now, did is. Lucha Underground have a trios title, or did some? Did some company try a trios title once? They did. Is that Lucha Under? Okay, they did. Yeah. Would and we had- be in a favor of that, like a trios title, or not? Yeah, if there's enough teams to justify it. Yeah, um, that's the only thing I can't. I guess I'd have to think about. How many how many three man like we got Legado de Fantasma? We got the bloodline. <laughs> uh, you know, so I guess if you need enough, but you know, and if you makeshift, you know, three singles guys who you think need a title to kind of build them up, that's you know, something as well. But uh I'd be curious, you know, I I would be curious to see. It feels like AW wants to do that route. So I wouldn't be surprised mm-hmm. if they try it first, just because they got so many groups of guys together right. so um but i i thought lucha underground tried that and people seem to love it because like you said you have three men together that are working for a unit so i mean new day would be the perfect right <laughs> they would have been the perfect candidates for that so um but anyways uh jackson Riker defeat elias in a symphony of destruction match so both we could both say this definitively greg time to move on <laughs> Definitely, and Dave Mustaine better be getting his royalties from them stealing his song, his uh, song title there because. Oh yes, <laughs> well, both guys, both guys laid it out like um, Elias's back was beat to hell. Like I mean, you know, laid it on that piano top and going through the table and uh, the crashing through the drum set. Like those drum sets ain't you know they got yeah. you know tuning keys like everywhere that can you know you touch it the wrong way you're gonna feel a nice little poke but um you know we got the cello out of course and you know the guitar spot but i thought the, i thought the piano spots i just think back to like tom and jerry like i was waiting for somebody <laughs> to smash on the fingers and do the old you know oh, the, yeah, yeah. the finger the <laughs> finger spot but we didn't see that so um but yeah jackson Riker needs to move on i'd actually like to see cena and elias go at it just like in a five minute thing that'd be i think that'd be a good warm up for cena you know i know we've seen it before but i'm sure he'll work fine with him so uh we also saw natalia tamita defeat nia jackson Shayna baszler reginald gets kicked to the curb which we're like okay cool and reginald becomes a new 24 7 champion so 
He's almost in an elevated spot. <laughs> He's almost feeling higher than Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler right now, which is crazy for me to think where we were with Reginald just uh, last week or whatever. So uh, how about it, Greg? Thoughts on your new 24-7 <laughs> champion, Reginald, and doing his Cirque de Soleil as he exited the ring there. Yeah, it, the whole segment was pretty funny. Um, the match was the match. It was blah, but um, the the end of it where they finally turned on him uh, was been a long time coming. Um, yeah. You know me, I wish they'd turn on each other. Um, they need to. Know, all together, but I guess we're going to have to wait a little bit longer for that. But, um, you know, Shane is convinced that they were unstoppable before he came along and now they got rid of that dead weight. He goes out and falls into the 24-7 title. And um, so now we put him in a different position aside from them. So I see the purpose in doing that. Um, if I could have had my way, I would have rewritten it where he wins it off of uh, Tozawa. Some results his way back up to the top of the ramp. And R2 comes out from behind him and rolls him up for the, <laughs> to get his baby back. But... You know, I guess that's for a whole for another another show, but um, it was a it was a smooth transition the way they did that. So um, I'm going to see him in an actual match against you know other men and not to yeah. wrestling the ladies all the time. I know he's used their size or shorter than they are, but which makes sense why he's the only time you see him in the ring he's with the ladies, but uh, you know let's see what he can do in the ring with the guys. And yeah. you know, give them a little, little more legitimacy. I would actually like to see. I know this is going to be sound really bad for Shayna, but I want Shayna to knock him out and get the twenty four seven title. Oh God! <laughs> I mean, it would everything would come full circle, but it's not going to happen. But you know, I mean, we had um, you know Marie as a twenty four seven champion. We had. Uh, Mar- or was it Maurice or something, you know, Summer, Re- whoever, Kelly Kelly or somebody like that. Yeah. Then we had, you know, randomly. So, um, but like you said, Shayna and Naya, they need to keep losing. And then one of them needs to turn on the other and, you know, let that feud play out. And either one of those women needs to be in the title picture and the other woman's probably going to go down, but, you know, are they split up at the draft? And then one is on SmackDown yeah. and one is on Raw. I'd probably, I mean, Shayna probably needs to go to SmackDown just to try to revitalize her career. Oh, there you go. Brittany, thank you for the good. Look at this. This is a great quote from Brittany. Can I just side note here? You are the only people who know be excited like this, like me. Yep, we're we're definitely here for you, Brittany. Uh, by the way, Brittany, did your dad show up? Oh, I sat next to the big show last night at the oh bare knuckle fighting. Okay, so it looks like she sat she sat next to the big show at nice. the bare knuckle fighting championship. Hopefully, I got that all right. So, uh, Brittany, why is the big show? Is he legit? Like, how big does he look next to you? If she can answer that, whenever. But and we got to get Brittany's dad in here. She was trying to get her dad involved that one week. So hopefully, her dad got to see us talk up, you know, wrestling. But, uh, Brittany, if you ever want to, we could get you here on the guest. We'd be more than happy, you know, if you want to show up on camera and get in touch with get in touch with me. Uh, my name is uh, here. I'll put my name in the comments. 
Oh, he's huge. There you go. I'll put my name in the comments, Brittany, if you want to find me on Facebook sometime. And uh, let's let's work something out. We, maybe we could get you on here to as a third person and get you the conversation going. So, um, yeah. Absolutely. So, Brittany, Come on in. He had a, a great time. Oh, she shared the picture on her page. Okay. I got to try to look for you on Facebook. Remind me to look for you and you can find me. So, uh, Brittany, keep the comments going, though. Yeah, we're we're here for you every other – oh, not every other – every Saturday. Talking every all Saturday. Stuff. Every Saturday. I know. I've, I don't know why I said every other Saturday. But uh, how about Humberto Carrillo and Seamus going at it and uh, Seamus wins. We got Damian Priest out there. Uh, it's it's time for Damian to get the title. I, I think it's SummerSlam. You have these two go at it. Damian Priest becomes your new United States champion and let Damian finally do some do something a little bit more. It feels like they're they're like just te- you know, <laughs> slowly like it's like a fish. They're just reeling him along or you know, they're rowing him along, but it's time to just throw him in the deep end and you know, let him sink or swim, as I always say, or as you like to say too. Uh, Greg, so I'm calling for Sheamus to lose to Damian Priest at SummerSlam or in this near future. Uh, what do you got? You got Damian Priest taking that title off Sheamus soon? I see it. SummerSlam sounds about right. Um, yeah. we need to get him into program with, with Sheamus right now, so get back and forth going, get some momentum going, and um, yeah, you guys got a shot, see what he can do. Uh, I think him and Sheamus is a good matchup um, as far as, you know, the quality match we're going to get out of him. And let's see what uh, a, a run with um, Priest can do. Um, you know, he's got the look. You know, he's he's got the skills. But, uh, you know, he's been like you know, most of the other, you know, newer stars. They spent, the, you know, the last almost two years of their life without a crowd and knowing how to play off the crowd. And, um, you know, now is where we can see if this guy has legs, if he can sink or swim. So let's go and see what he can do. Exactly. So uh, maybe Seamus runs through some of the previous, you know, U.S. title open challenges that he won. Um, there she goes. Awesome. All right. All right. Sounds great, Brittany. I won't say all that online because that's a lot to say. But, yeah, you definitely get back in touch with us, and uh, we'll get in touch with you. So, um, Bobby Lashley had an open challenge. And who would emerge? Keith freaking Lee. Keith Lee got squashed. I hope Keith Lee – I hope that's not the end of it for him. You know, I hope that he can – kind of start at the bottom and work his way back up because the guy I mean he's got it I think he's got everything and it just it just got to come together you know the way he works in the ring is so different I mean he him and Kevin Owens like these two and you gotta think like Keith Lee is bigger than Owens <laughs> like that's the thing you know you look at Keith Lee I mean his arms are everything yeah he obviously could talk you know I think and people want to get behind him because they know they had the um the WWE chronicle on him just talk about his, you know, kind of come up and said where he's been. And I think people want to get behind him. So it's like, I don't, you know, I don't know what was going on before. Hopefully that's kind of in the past and he's ready to go physically, mentally, emotionally, socially, you know, whatever other, you know, whatever, whichever direction it was going. Um, 
And then Greg, we we uh we got it. The uh, uh Goldberg coming <laughs> out, and Goldberg uh, is the next. And I think Lashley needs to kill Goldberg. I, I don't. I think it needs to be shorter than the Kofi match. I you know. And then if you have Lesnar show up, almost maybe do like a stare down and maybe build that for Survivor Series or Royal Rumble or something. But we we got to get Lashley some contenders. And right now we don't have any. So I, I'm not fine with Goldberg. I'm just going to just say it right now. He's blocked me on Twitter. So who cares at this point? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it is what it is. It just sucks because we can't find those contenders for Lashley. And, you know, I thought maybe you might have had Keith Lee sneak out a win and then you just do Keith Lee and Lashley at SummerSlam because we are Roman and Cena, if that's a, that's going to main event. So I think Lashley will be at the beginning, you know, or kind of in the front of the night, you know, just kind of play that up. But, you know, we'll see what Goldberg can do. I mean, He's, you know, he's still signed with WWE for like the next year or so, and he's got like two match calls or whatever. So he'll still get his match, you know, match or two with WWE. But I don't know what we can do to get any more, you know, the Kofi thing was probably the best storyline for Lashley so far other than Drew. You know, we we just haven't had, I don't know where we could go with Lashley. So it's, it's going to be something. I mean, I'm happy Keith Lee's back. I hope Keith Lee does you know, like we said, maybe he starts at the bottom and just, you know, picks up wins as we go. But, uh, Greg, have at it. Uh, uh, talk me off the ledge of Goldberg and Lashley if you can. <laughs> I'm, I'm, as you can see, I am uh, over the ledge. You might need to, like, throw me a rope and reel me in, you know, bring me up because I'm I'm over the edge of the cliff. I'm like, I'm already swimming away from it. <laughs> well, I, I have something that, that might interest you, but it's going to okay. take a minute to get there. So, uh, going okay. back to this whole segment to begin with, um, I didn't like it in the sense that, you know, you fed Keith Lee to the Wolves. You know, why you know, he's going to be out since January, finally make his return and get squashed. I mean, what was the purpose of that? What would have made more sense would have been to, um, you know, have him go head to head with, with Lashley. And they have a, you know, pretty much a stalemate. And Bobby does Bobby, goes and grabs his belt and goes back up the ring, kind of dismisses him or up the rampway and dismisses him. And, you know, maybe Lee wins by count out. And Lashley is like, okay, I don't have time for this. And it, it, he still would have looked as hard as ever and it would have got people over. And instead of, you know, having them lose in his hometown. Um, but we know guys who have matches in their hometown usually don't fare very well. So, uh, ironic, ironic, irony in uh, WWE booking. If you're wrestling in your hometown or on your birthday, you're, you're going to get smashed. <laughs> <laughs> As we yeah. see in our next match with Karrion Cross. Exactly. Um, and um, so they could have done it so many different ways. You know, Keith Lee got a great pop when he came out. And for the couple minutes that it went, I thought it was decent. Um they just could have done a better job of, of booking that ending. Um, like you said, I hope that it's, you know, Jay, okay, I started at the top now, I'm going to work my way up and, you know, get Keith Lee's momentum back because he is too good and he is 
one of those guys who's on the younger side that you can raise up and build up properly and make him a top guy. So hopefully that's where they're going with this. And um, so transitioning over to uh, Oldberg, or, excuse me, Oldberg. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's the Oldberg. He's, you know, two matches a year. They're going to be five minutes. And if Lashley doesn't smash him, it will be a crime against humanity. Of all the guys he's run through to have Goldberg give him his biggest match would be ridiculous. Um, so I will, I will throw out a, a scenario for you that um, just from the sense that Goldberg's last matches, he's come out, called out the champ, lost, gone home, count his money. But at this time, SummerSlam, he actually comes out, gets the surprise win, and as he's celebrating, you know, whose music hits? Big E. Big E comes out and catches in on Goldberg and transitions the champ over. Or you get uh, Goldberg his legitimacy from for beating Lashley. And then E goes over huge by beating Goldberg. Uh, you know, whatever, despite what we think of uh, Goldberg, that Goldberg back I'm, I'm is still a big deal. And I'm letting that stew, because people have shared that, Greg, and I'm letting that stew in my head. It would be know, epic. It, it would, it be, would epic. be. And Do you listen to the Big e, podcast? And Big E wants Goldberg, right? Like, they've made fun of, like, they've talked no. about. Oh. Big uh, Goldberg is Big E's hero. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you listen to New Day's podcast. I've listened to every episode. Okay. Okay. Uh, Big E loves Goldberg, and in those um, when they do uh, they do mailbags every now and then, and all it comes up, you could have a match against anybody. Um, who's your dream opponent? And Big E is always Goldberg. Big E's idol is always Goldberg, just from the sense that. You know, he's a big guy. He's a former football player. They mirror okay. each other in so many ways. And so he was kind of a template for Big E, you know, coming out of a college football career and um, going into wrestling. He was kind of what he was looking at. So gotcha. he's okay. always been an idol of Big E. And so, you know, they he has this running joke, you know, big men slapping meat, you know, Two huge guys like Goldberg and uh, Biggie, and just knowing now how I, important it would be to him, and Goldberg passing it over to to Biggie would be epic. And at SummerSlam, and Biggie would be it would be bigger than Kofamania if it goes down like that. Yeah. I think. Now the counter argument is: is that how we want Lashley's reign to end? If he loses reign to Goldberg, people aren't going to. Well, okay, maybe we will, but you know, the casual yeah. fan who knew. I guess Goldberg, the casual fan will get behind it. Yes, right. That's true. Right. I mean, I guess we got to think. People not talking about this on a podcast probably is where. <laughs> I right. and I and I've seen that stewing around people. Like, I I, I guess I still think Biggie is above the random cash in is that weird for me to think or i no, don't know but, but then it, you're looking in the sense that you know he and lastly have their 
brutal five to seven minute match. Mm-hmm. And Lassie finally, or uh, Goldberg finally hits a, a spear, maybe even gets a yeah. jackhammer in on him. And then. Um, if he can lift him up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> he rushes the ring. Spears. Right. Um, and a big ending. And, you know, Goldberg's already, you know, blown his vibe with that seven minutes he had with Lashley, getting beat up by Lashley. And, you know, that's it's easy booking right there. You know, comes in, big power slam, big ending, one, two, three. And now, now we're going to go that Goldberg route. Shine. What if Biggie can Biggie cash in in the middle of the match and then pull the Rollins aspect and make it a triple threat? And then he pins either Goldberg or Lashley. Or maybe he pins Lashley if Goldberg, you know, I don't know. That might be that might be too much booking. But and yeah. I don't, I think that would that would probably kind of hurt Biggie because it shows like him putting himself in the match and I don't think he want because it does feel like Biggie is headed to Raw. I think I think New Day misses. I think New Day needs to be with each other until <laughs> who knows at this rate. Let's go ten years. Let's just make it a decade. I think it's already <laughs> been seven or eight. Mm-hmm. So I mean, and who would first off, who would have thought this thing would have lasted that long from where right. they started? You know, this thing should have been dead in the water two months into it, but it shows how much they believed in themselves and in each you know in each other and making it work. So you know what? I guess Greg, I'll I'll buy it, <laughs> which means it's not going to happen. <laughs> no. Like, well, I was just thinking yeah, of uh, that crescendo of Goldberg pinning Lashley and the roar of the crowd. And just as it's reaching its speed pitch, Big E comes running out. And, oh, you thought that was it? We've gone from yeah. here to here. And the place Or if people are so pissed again. off, you have Big E cash in, and then they get the people happy. So either way... I guess you could play, you know, maybe people aren't wanting to see Goldberg beat Lashley. You know, we, I guess we just have to wait and see kind of how the crowd, you know, hopefully the Peacock Network won't mess up then, you know, but, um, (laughs) you know, I can, I guess I can, uh, I'll say I'm rowing towards the shore. I'll row towards the shore and see if maybe a ladder will come down for me. (laughs) I'll, I'll (laughs) I'll hang out on the beach. Is that too many cliches? No, but anyways, you know, I can, I mean, obviously I want Big E to cash in and win. That's all. That's my biggest thing. Right. Like I want to see Big E as champion and that, because like you said, I think he could almost do more, you know, well, hopefully he'll, hopefully he won't have to job out to Brock, you know, at the end of his run. That's, that's probably the biggest thing, but um, yeah. So speaking of jobbed out and a birthday, uh, Carrie Cross was out there. <laughs> Um, and I can, so Jeff Hardy beats him. Jeff Hardy comes out to no more words. And it was kind of funny because they showed Karrion Cross. and Karrion Cross had a little smile on his face. So you could tell that he was excited to be in the ring with Jeff Hardy and to see Jeff Hardy excited back. My thing is, Karrion Cross, like, I don't, it was a weird debut, obviously. And I, you know, we've seen NXT people lose to, main roster guys like i could go all the way back charlotte lost to natalia on a random roll and then charlotte was able to recover and obviously she became what she is but the fact that your champion 
Now you got to put him back on NXT, you know, the next night or whatever. And apparently they had to reshoot segments with Karrion Cross because people were chanting Matt or Jeff Hardy. Well, duh, because you just had him lose the night before to Jeff Hardy. You know, NXT, there's that crossover. You know, people know what's going on. So, and I don't think Karrion Cross looked ready. Did it feel like he just, it, it, the entrance isn't there. You know, you could have done the lights with him. I thought you get, you're, you're in this big setting. You know, if you don't want Scarlet with him, okay. But it didn't, it, he didn't have any of the aura of what he is in NXT. And it exposed him because if you don't have that at the start, then how are we supposed to take you serious in the ring? You know, with him, he, he just got this aura about him. Now, you kind of salvaged it with him saying, well, this isn't it over yet, which I guess is okay. But, you know, I think because, you know, usually I'm okay with guys working double duty. But with him, I think he needs to either be one or the other. You know, lose the title, bump up, and then he's all in. And I think that's the thing. It's probably tough for him because he's got NXT still, and he's got now, – now you might work this program with Jeff Hardy on the main roster. That's a – that's all to ask, you know. Kevin Owens did it okay, and I guess we'll see a Karrion Cross could do it. I uh, or Sasha did it okay with the stuff with Bailey, um, you know. But not many guys after that or girls have done that. Both, you know, double duty as it is, you know, dipping into both brands. So I was not, you know, I kind of sucks because I think I want Karrion Cross to do well on the main roster. I want every NXT person to do well. So it's, mm-hmm. but the aura wasn't there, and it just felt like. Something was lacking. I don't know if it was the Scarlet thing or if it was, but you know, the entrance just wasn't kind of there. So maybe they'll still tweak that out. But you know, Jeff Hardy looked excited to have his song back. Now, if we could get Drew McIntyre back with Broken Dreams and Randy Orton with Burn in My Light, I'll be really happy. <laughs> so, <laughs> or Sheamus with Lobster Head. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, Jeez. I think we need a retro roll. These, yeah, yeah, the old, the old Sheamus one. Um, if we get a retro roll and, you know, Drew could come out to Broken Dreams just one time, I'll be happy. But um, so, yeah, and we didn't even talk about Drew. He he destroyed Ravy, uh, Ranky or Shanker, whichever one. And that guy, man, I feel bad for that dude because he took he took so many Ooh. chair shots. So, yes, he did happen. To the, and we'll get to that. Mm. Eh, it wasn't that important because Drew McIntyre, we're, we're trying to rebuild Drew, obviously. So. But back to Jeff Hardy carrying cross. Your own thoughts, Greg, because once again I'm uh I'm off the shore and I'm thinking, where the hell are we going with carrying cross? Because I don't know. Yeah, that was brutal. Um I was surprised that they were gonna put him on that night. Uh, thought it was gonna be one of the uh, coming coming attractions like they do with the others. Um yeah, you know, they did with Rita, they did with Tony Storm. I mean, they gave her a you know a couple weeks that Tony Storm will be here. Um, no, Kerry Cross going to be here. He's going to be here tonight. And uh, you're right. The whole thing was off. You know, his whole presentation was off. Um, you know, he didn't get his full lights. He didn't get, you know, Scarlet. And maybe that's a whole different uh, ball game. Maybe don't, don't want her up. But you know, she's part of his presentation too. Um, and then you know, the entrance, the match seemed clunky. Um, so was it nerves? Was it, 
just getting it out of the way so he can introduce himself to you know a Monday night crowd. Um, I don't know, but the whole thing was very off. I get you know, since watching the match and having him lose when he's like the most indomitable indomitable force in NXT right now coming in with the championship is that look, you know, it, it, it makes NXT look bad. Um, and me loving NXT as much as I do, I hate to see that. Um, I get him losing, you know, especially with uh, Jeff Hardy taking a little shortcut, put his feet on the ropes to, for leverage. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if he ever wants to allude to that, he can. And, you know, the little segment after saying, you know, it's not over. It's gonna, okay, I'm going to come in. I'll be doing a program with Jeff Hardy. Okay, cool. Um, but, you know, you could have done the same thing with him uh, smashing Jeff Hardy and, you know, looking as dominant as he is on NXT. Um, I don't know why it is that guys who come up from NXT, they treat them as though they don't know who they are or um you know they well, don't hit or miss. The sometimes they act like we know they are and then sometimes they don't like the right. take and knock saying they felt like they didn't but then with Shotzi they acted like we didn't know who she you know it's weird how they like I said because back in the day I mean you brought up Kevin Owens you said he was the NXT champion on NXT and you built him up and you know, Sasha and Bailey and Charlotte and Becky. And, you know, so they're kind of, they've been, but like you said, it's been a lot more, oh, we don't know who this is, but you, they're on every two. Like, I, I don't know why WWE just can't decide NXT is our third brand, you know, make right. Survivor Series. Like they evolved into one Survivor Series and have it yet. Or like I brought up, um, some people talk about money in the bank. Like, why can't you have three from Raw, three from SmackDown, and maybe two from NXT? And then mm-hmm. you could still maybe have a wild card or something like that. Or or if you want to do three, three, and three, you have nine guys in there. Um, I don't I, – I wonder what it's going to take for them just to – you know, if you really – if you're already having it on USA, right, you know, the next night after Raw. Now, next week it is going to sci-fi, by the way, Greg. I don't know if you saw that. The two week I don't know if it's because of the Olympics. Maybe the Olympics will be on USA, but it's going to be on sci-fi network, so I have to – figure out where the hell I can watch sci-fi because I don't ever, (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I've ever watched sci-fi. I don't, I didn't watch ECW when it was on sci-fi. So I'm obviously not watching sci-fi anytime soon. So, Um, but yeah, like you said, I think they just need to, you know, build like, like maybe give it a week or two and then, you know, show some backstage segments with Karen cross or, or have him cut a promo first. Like it was weird. He cuts a promo after and says this isn't over, but he's got to go smash Jeff Hardy next match. Like that's that might be the only saving grace you have out of this. Yeah. Because if you have another match and say Jeff Hardy wins again without his feet on the rope, well then what do you do then? You know, I think you got to have you know and say carrying and maybe have Karen Cross say I'm above Jeff Hardy, but they won't do that. You know, because it probably does make sense. So. Um, Anything else on that aspect of carrying Cross and Jeff Hardy? Yeah, um, I don't think they're acknowledging. Um, it, it's yeah, they're definitely downplaying NXT. 
not acknowledging, you know, how how good he is down there. And it's kind of um, not acknowledging the, the fans. I mean, yeah. do you think the people who watch Raw don't watch NXT? I mean, we're going to be tuned in the next night to see what he does with Joe. Um, you know, we know who Cross is. We know how good he is. And, you know, you can treat him like, you know, he doesn't exist outside of the Raw bubble aside from, you know, carrying the NXT title. So, um in a way, it's kind of a slap in the face to us as fans, the the way that they treated this whole angle, um, you know, treating him like he's so new and, you know, not giving him the uh, moment he deserves as the NXT champion coming up. They're not acknowledging how, how great NXT is as a third brand and taking us for granted as fans, acting like as if... Uh, you know, you're either main roster or you're NXT. You can't be yeah. both. You know, where I'd say probably 80, 90% of us are all three. So um, it's kind of, you know, disrespecting us as well. And I guess I get, like, if you don't have storyline crossover, that's, you know, like, I guess I get it. If you want those storylines to stay on NXT. And, but it's, that's going to be a lot to ask, you know, carrying cross. Okay. You got to go work this angle with Jeff Hardy on Monday. Then you got to go back Tuesday night and work this angle. Like, you know, that seems like a you know a lot to ask of a guy. And I guess we'll see if he could do it or not. But uh, yeah. Well, we reached the end of the night, and uh, we didn't even bring this up from Monday to Bank, but Charlotte Flair won. For they said eleven time, and I <laughs> thought I've seen fourteen time. I've seen thirteen, whatever. It's it's a lot. She's probably going to break her dad's record and you know, at some point. And so she beat Rhea Ripley the night before. And then Rhea Ripley defeats her by DQ. The big thing is Nikki Ash comes out, cashes in. And I thought maybe they might have Nikki lose just because I, I just didn't think they'd go all in on it, you know, but now this shows they are all in on Nikki Ash. And now people joke, they're like, well, is she still almost superhero? Like, is she now super? But anyway, you know, it is what it is. So, but Nikki, Ash, Nikki Cross, is our new Raw Women's Champion. I did not see that coming. I I don't think I would have predicted it this year at least. Maybe next, you know. But so what, what a turnaround for Nikki. And you know what? She's even mm-hmm. got her body better looking. I mean, I hate, um, you know, saying that because it sounds probably prejudiced, you know, sexist type. But I think she does look like mentally in a better place. It looks like, you know, everything's clicking and, like we said, I could see little girls, maybe even boys coming out with, you know, the superhero mask and the capes, you know, pretty soon. I mean, who knows? Even dudes our age might do it, you know, because people, you know, we had Bailey dudes doing it, the the fringe, and I showed off my mm-hmm. headbands of one week, so uh, you never know. But it now does feel like, okay, we're just going to go in on it, and wherever it goes, it goes. So congrats to Nikki, though, because you talk about working your butt off, I mean – she never won a title in NXT, and she did all those matches down there. We didn't. I personally never thought she'd win. I didn't think she'd win tag team title ever. And then she did that with Alexa, and now she's you know added this. So really happy for her. I mean, all the superstars like tweeting at her. I mean, I'm sure her phone was blowing up probably there for hours. Sure. <laughs> so and her family, you know, maybe in. Um, 
Wales or wherever she's from was probably watching in the middle of the night, but happy for her. Glad to see it. And we'll just kind of roll with it. So Greg, your own thoughts on Nikki Ash as our new raw women's champion. Yeah. Um, and it, it's kind of what I thought was, was happening with, you know, her being in the, the money in the bank match is, and her doing the whole super, superhero gimmick is, they're going to go all or nothing with it and the way they built her up and, you know, the screen time she got uh, time to explain it on uh, live on raw and on the, um, the talking raw, I forgot what they call it. The little raw studio talk. show didn't do yeah. raw talk. Yeah. Um, they gave her a lot of time with it and it's just so out there and, you know, I figured they're going to go all or nothing with it. And sure enough, as soon as she picked up the, uh, the briefcase, I'm like, she's going to get it. Um, that being said, you know, it's one thing to think it in theory and another thing to see it actually happen. And so um, I think the reason that uh, they alluded to it at the beginning of the night instead of, you know, in the middle, just to give you time to forget about it, not think about the fact of, you know, that she's the uh, briefcase holder because you got all these big entrances, all these turns, all this stuff happening. And it's the last thing you're going to be expecting. Now you got a title match with Charlotte and Rhea and it's the perfect capper to the night with, uh, you know, money in the bank cash in to go on the top. It's a cherry on the top of all the other stuff that just happened. Um, so yeah, props to, to Nikki um, I still took my 40 out for Sanity Nikki, who is my favorite <laughs> incarnation so far. Um, but, you know, like you said, she's worked her tail off. And I've seen her have, you know, great matches, uh, especially down in NXT. Um, and, you know, it just shows what you do. You persevere. Um, you add your own wrinkles to your character because, you know, they're this not going to do it for you. Right. Um, you're up, you're responsible for your character. And if you say, I want to be a superhero, then you better bring it. You better show you what you can do. Otherwise, you're going to get booed out of the building. And she she went all in on it. And at Money in the Bank, I was listening to see what kind of reaction she was going to get when she came out that first time. And I, I think we got crickets when she came out for the Money in the Bank match. But when she went up there and pulled the briefcase down, the place popped, uh, yeah, popped big. So, as <laughs> at the same time, I was kind of discounting. It's like whoever picked up the briefcase was going to get a pop. So yeah. I was still kind of on sitting on the fence with her as far as what is the problem really think. But um, when she cashed in and won, and the place just kind of jumped out of their seats. Uh, well, there's your validation right there. That's that, Vince all needed to hear. <laughs> yeah, and now she's she's going to hijinks her way into months of holding the title and, and you know getting this superhero gimmick over. So, props to Nikki, and you know keep doing what you're doing. It's it's still growing on me. I'll say that it's still growing on me. It's not there yet, but I'll, I'll be interested an interested observer to see what happens next. If they sell the mask, maybe I'll buy you one. <laughs> uh, so SummerSlam, I'm guessing Nikki 
Charlotte and Rhea for the title. Or do we, you know, do we maybe think Asuka could sneak in there? But it feels like the triple threat is more where they go for SummerSlam. Do you think that's where we're going for SummerSlam? Um, no, I'm still staying on the train of the ultimate battle of good and evil with Nikki oh, and Alexa. Alexa. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the, the two top at the top of the pecking order for the money in the bank match. And uh, we saw they had to bury Alexa on their pile of ladders for, to get her out of the, out of the match. And, you know, still playing on this superhero gimmick. Every superhero needs a great villain and not a better villain right now uh, than Alexa and what she can do. Uh, I think Charlotte and Rhea are going to still be stuck on each other. And um, it's a great moment for um, Alexa to, to come in and give us something different. Mm-hmm. And having superhero Nikki and evil incarnate Alexa is would be a great match for I did. Um, SummerSlam. When we did bypass it, but we did have the little segment for Alexa's playground between Carmella and Alexa. So I was wondering if that might be a direction they go. You know, we still have Dewdrop kind of, you know, tagging along with Carmella, but we can see that, you know, we keep saying you probably need to pull that trigger sooner rather than later, you know, but maybe, maybe Carmella has Dewdrop go at Alexa to kind of give her the win for Eva Marie. So. Um, you know, that's something I guess you could play out on Raw, but I do wonder if that might be a direction for Alexa right now. And then maybe the next pay-per-view, you know, um, Alexa goes there. But I did find it funny that they buried Alexa because, you know, that's usually one of the bigger people. You know, you do that to the big show. You do that <laughs> right. um, to, you know, Brock. You you don't do it to the smallest woman in the match, even though I guess Selena's smaller than her, but... And then I love that Nikki just climbed right up and like grabbed it out. You know, everybody's fighting on the ladders. We didn't even mention that. Like usually yeah. everybody fights together, but Nikki was like, I'm just going to get the briefcase. Like that was kind of a cool way. Cause usually we would think, Oh, she's going to hit somebody or tip over the ladders, but she just hopped right up and took the, <laughs> took the briefcase. So, well, we have been, uh, we just ran an hour just to do raw. So we're going to do a quick commercial break so we can catch our breath and get ready to talk up NXT and AEW and uh, get into those, you know, Tuesday night and Wednesday nights. So uh, here's a quick commercial break for Elite Performance. If you want to get Elite, you need to go get in touch with Elite Performance. We are back, ready to rock and roll and talk up some NXT, which like we brought up, Karrion Cross, Samoa Joe were kind of, well, Samoa Joe was out there talking up that he wants Karrion Cross right now. You had William Regal come out there and say, this is what I expected. You know, you're only supposed to do it if you're provoked. Well, he's provoked. And then at the end of the night, we saw Karrion Cross 
and a, um, a taken out William Regal. Was it Karrion Cross? Was it somebody else? It's probably Karrion Cross. Uh, my question is, Greg, so we did see also, I don't know if you saw, but NXT TakeOver will be the Sunday after SummerSlam. So that's kind of cool to kind of get SummerSlam on the Saturday night. And then, mm-hmm. you know, NXT will kind of get their own night. Uh, you know, is that when we see Karrion Cross and Samoa Joe go at it? I think so. Um, it, it There's a bad way to start because, you know, the week before Joe gets attacked and put to sleep and uh, William Regal's going, okay, I said only if you're provoked. Well, what else can you... He's provoked. How, how else <laughs> can you define provoked? Um, yeah. So the whole, that opening segment was kind of uh, nonsensical. Um, of course, Joe's going to come out and he's going to be breathing fire. So, you know, that's what we like. Joe breathing fire and cutting a promo is money. Um, so uh, I definitely think it's going to lead to, you know, that's going to be the main event of the uh, of TakeOver. And at this point, it's probably going to be for the title because he's going to be, you know, stomping mad and, you know, who else is in line as being like the next uh, contender. And I think this is where Joe gets the enforcer uh, tag taken off of him. And it's okay. like, if you're going to have this match, then you can't be my enforcer. You're going to have to become, you know, a just a talent again. Yeah. And I'm going to have to find another heavy. And, you know, Joe's going to sign off on that pretty easily. So, it's going to be a good way to take the title off cross. You send them to raw and, you know, rebuild Joe at the same time. Um, back to, you know, the monster he used to be when he came through NXT the first time. And, you know, that set up, sets up some great matches with the guys who are down there because there's nobody appealing for cross anymore outside of Joe. Um, you know, he's already faced all the top guys in the last at the last pay per view of that five way. So everything they're going to do right now is, you know, kind of a rehash. So, uh, you know, sign me up. But I definitely think that's going to be the the main event. I mean that, and that makes the most sense. And like we said, I think what the what will the title play into it? You know, because you feel like you got to get it off cross. Because it probably feels like after SummerSlam, he should just be on the main roster. I don't think you'll have him doing back and forth stuff. So, yeah, I'll be interested to see how they go with that route. Um, Diamond Mine took an L to Kushida and Bobby Fish. I still feel like Diamond Mine will get the best of Kushida. Like, I could see Roderick Strong getting that cruiserweight title off of Kushida and let Diamond Mine kind of run with things. You know, maybe you have, mm-hmm. or maybe you have Tyler Rust and Roderick Strong with the tag team titles, but. You know, it feels like this is just kind of a win for Kushida and Bobby Fish. You know, in the short term, it doesn't feel like anything long term. Good match, though. I thought, you know, everybody looked really well. I thought Bobby Fish looked pretty strong in the ring. Kushida locking in that, you know, the the um, whatever the lock thing. I forget what they call the it. Hoverboard but, lock. Yes, hoverboard lock. Thank you. I was I was like, what Back to the Future term did they use for it? Because I always forget. Um, you know, tire rust typing it right out. So um, good stuff there. Anything to add on, Greg, for that match? Uh, no, it's, it's a good match, but, 
Yeah, I agree that the you need to uh, let Diamond Mind, you know, establish themselves and get some wins, a uh, little back and forth, you know, get some, you know, more established guys or somebody who's right on their level is uh, makes sense. And, you know, a returning Bobby Fish uh, makes sense. And, you know, more TV time, let us get more familiar with him. And, uh, you know, I'm still waiting to see uh, what the Hideki uh, character can do. Um, he, looks, he looks like he can he can go, so, but I haven't seen anything. So, you know, give him more time, and they need all the, you know, star power they can get right now with guys moving and uh, things like that. So, and even if the Hideki guy does anything, because, like, you know, in the promo Malcolm Bivens cut, he's like, well, we got the best coach here. So I don't know if maybe they'll just use him as a a coach type aspect. I don't know. You know, I I what I read is he's like 33, 34. So maybe he just thinks his time in the ring is maybe he's done it. I don't, you know, it's it's kind of weird. Like, yeah, like you said, I wonder to see what he'll do if he does anything. So because if that's not the case, if he doesn't do it there, I feel like you need somebody else. You know, it's yeah. still you it, I don't know, it felt like you need you know, if you're a mine, <laughs> it feels like you could do a couple more players. So, um, yeah, Frankie Monet defeated J.C. Jane. The big story there was Mandy Rose was out there and on the commentary booth uh, laying across. I'm glad I was not on the commentary booth because that would have been a little bit distracting because uh, <laughs> she's quite the looker. But then there was a backstage segment with uh, Frankie Monet, um, Jessime, Jesse, sorry, Kame or Jesse, whatever her name is, and Robert Stone. And then Casey and Caden came out there saying, hey, you girls got to earn your tag team status and all this. So looks like a little tag team feud there. I thought Frankie Monet really looked well in this match, uh, yelling out in Spanish, loca, <laughs> a couple times. And But then it's funny because then she does the backstage and she's all Valley Girl. So I was like, you know, it's, it's kind of an interesting dynamic there. <laughs> Um, but you know, and then of course, Robert Stone at the very end of the segment, just like, oh yeah. And it's like, you know, he's going to, like we said, he's going to be the lap dog. Um, and you know, he'll probably eventually get the boot and, you know, I don't know what they'll do with him after that, but you know, maybe he could go to the main roster and be a manager for somebody, you know, maybe somebody that needs that, you know, kind of let him see what he could do on the main roster, but, uh, nothing really much there. I do want to get to Greg. Kyle O'Reilly defeated Austin Theory because this was probably the best Austin Theory's looked in the match in a while. True. I really thought. And then the big story was, so there was a backstage segment with The Way and Indy Hartwell saying, well, if Austin Theory wants to kiss Dexter Loomis, let him. <laughs> and so they start arguing. The three of them, Candice LeRae, um, uh, Johnny Gargano, and uh, Indy Hartwell, and Austin Theory sneaks out, like doesn't sneak, he he just leaves. And what's funny is we've seen that Austin Theory's been working dark matches. So what if they play up like if Austin Theory gets called up and they're still searching for him down there in NXT? So <laughs> interesting kind of dynamic there. But I thought Austin Theory really, really looked well and you know, had no Johnny Gargano out there, no Candice LeRae out there, no uh Indy Hartwell out there. So really good stuff. Kyle Riley, of course, picks up the win. We're still going to see him in um, uh, Cole, Adam Cole 3 at TakeOver. 
And that's, you know, they'll probably play it up as co-main event just so they could give that title. Yeah. I hate co-main event because, let's face it, the last match is the main event. It, you could have everything say co. It doesn't matter. Whatever's last is the main event. But, you know, that's <laughs> semantics, is it? So a lot of stuff to unpack there. Uh, if you want to catch up on Frankie Monet, I know you love that gal. You can, Greg. I thought <laughs> I felt I felt like I recapped it enough. You know, I don't think we saw anything groundbreaking there. But if you want to bring up, you know, talk about Kyle Riley and Austin Theory and Austin Theory kind of, you know, just leaving his family because they're not giving him the love. They're not giving him the attention. So I'll be curious to see where that goes. Yeah, it's true. Uh, he's been the uh, missing character in, in a lot of these way sketches uh, lately, and maybe this is why uh, I hadn't heard anything about him doing dark, dark matches, but, uh, you know, he's one of those guys. They need, you know, that kind of talent up on the main roster. Um, plus, he's a young, fresh face, and we had a cup of coffee on the main roster uh, maybe a year or so ago before the pandemic, and uh, he went right back down. Um, so he's still going to be, you know, brand making new pretty much to um, the audiences right now. And it's a good time to recreate him um, and the way he presents himself. Um, maybe be, you know, a smarter baby face this time and not so much of a, a goofball as he is on the, on the uh, NXT. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, the guy can go. The match was fantastic. Uh, I was didn't expect much when that match started, but you know they get they had me on the edge of my seat um, as that match went on, and that was you know hands down the best match of the night. Um, so I'm still looking forward to what the guy can do because when he gets time to perform in the ring, he's really good. Um, the way segments are still figuring out what they're doing with them. They're going to splinter them off. Looks like Indy, Indy's going to get her man eventually. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's making her baby face. Johnny's already going into being Johnny Wrestling, and um, he's turning baby. The only one that seems to be dragging is, is Candace. Mm-hmm. And she seems to, you know, kind of want to keep them factioned and, um, you know, doing the way, you know, kind of more of a sinister on the sinister side of things. But, um, you know, eventually, you know, they're all going to end up, you know, turning um, in, in that direction. So it's uh, it's happening. We just get to see it happen a little bit more. um that loud than than usual than usual, where it's you know yeah. more subtle and or it takes one dramatic drastic action for them to go from one side to the other. Um, they're slow burning the face turn this time, so um, it's interesting to see it unfold because usually you don't. And uh, so I'm liking it. Plus, you know, love a girl, Taya, or Frankie. i got to get used to calling her Frankie now. <laughs> but uh, I look forward to the whole uh, what Mandy Rose got to do with it. Um, is she trying to be her rival or is she trying to join forces? So, 
you know, sitting there laying across the uh, the podium. That's like the lo- luckiest podium in the world. Um, <laughs> what if they said White uh, Bear was trying to pass his phone so she, he could get her phone? <laughs> yeah. Like, um, yeah, I've, I've seen Mandy Rose at an NXT show, and holy cow, she is that gorgeous. Um, I did find it funny. She went from the week before having uh, hair above her, just below her ears to hair down her back oh. the next week. Uh, oh, yeah. I did notice that. So those the power of working. power of extensions. <laughs> so we, we can see, always, and sometimes on the women, you could see it. Like on Charlotte, there was a couple times, man, she was getting thrown around with. I'm like, you could see where they put it. I'm like, yeah, you, you may want to protect the weave a little bit better than that girl. So. Um, yeah, I I guess the better story is Mandy Rose to join up with her, and then, but then you almost have the Dana Brooke, Mandy Rose thing all over, you know two two busty blondes hooking up you know type deal. But yeah, I, I mean it just seems to make trying to steal her spotlight is how it yeah, looks to that me. Could be she's it. trying to steal that Frankie's be, yeah. spotlight, and that's going to lead to Frankie will get tired of it. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Maybe Robert Stone just turns on them and tries to join up with Mandy Rose then. And, but, yeah. but I feel like I, I, I could see Robert Stone just getting the, the butt in of all of it. And like I said, maybe just him going to the main roster and hooking up with like a manager for some, I don't know who needs him, but you know, I'm sure they can find somebody. So um, hit row Legato de Fantasma had a segment, not much. I don't, I'm just going to kind of bypass it because it was yeah, just a segment. <laughs> I was hoping for the mariachi. I do love me some good mariachi music, though. <laughs> you know, Legato had to had to tease me with it, and they didn't even do it. I'm sure it would have been better than that cipher of exactly, Hit Row that yeah. happened, you know, the, the um, Great American Bash. Um, Odyssey Jones got a win, looking really good in the ring, and big guy, and just, you know, big old hoss. <laughs> so we'll see what he does. How about Drake Maverick defeating LA Knight? Of course, Cameron Grimes gets involved and, you know, causes a loss. So either we're going to see LA Knight get sick of Cameron Grimes or we do see, you know, Cameron Grimes get his freedom. I still think the better story is him getting his freedom, you know, at TakeOver. But, you know, we could see, you could just see LA Knight fire him, you know, as well. And, you know, that just breaks them off and let Cameron Grimes do whatever's next for him and let LA Knight do whatever's next for him. So, uh, Greg, how about the, um, I know I kind of bypassed this stuff, but if you want to catch up on that, that's fine. But <laughs> what about Drake Maverick and LA Knight, you know, match there and no killing date anymore for Drake Maverick. So he's just, he's going to have to find his way, you know, on his own. Um, I know he can do it. Cause like, I'm sure. Uh, did you watch his impact days with rockstar spud? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. EC3. So obviously he can do it. So, you know, this is probably make or break time for him. Yeah. As soon as I saw that, that's what I thought of because I talked last week about how, uh, with this whole gimmick coming around with, you know, the Butler angle that, uh, they, they both were in impact at the same time, uh, as Eli Drake and Trevor Lee and they crossed paths, you know, a few times. But during that same time, Drake Maverick was there as Rockstar Spud. And, you know, the fact that he's bringing back, him back into this storyline is no accident because I'm thinking that, you know, they all work well together. They all know each other. And 
this is a way for um, Cameron Grimes to get his freedom one way or the other. Either because I never heard them say how long he had to be the butler for. Of course. Usually it's pretty pronounced, you know, 30 days. 30 days. Or, or whatever. Yeah. That's usually the standard. But they never said that. And I was listening for that. Um, and I'm liking they added the wrinkle of, you know, he's enjoying being the butler. Being butler. Is, <laughs> is not being as downtrodden as the guy usually is when he has to be the butler. And he's mopey and, you know, you know, moving slow and everything. And just making us feel sorry for him because he's getting browbeaten by um, the heel. And he's just playing it up and he's loving it. And I'm going to be the best butler ever. And that's something we haven't seen before. And like I said, we just saw Butler Angle in AEW with uh, Chuck Taylor. And he was the mopey guy. Um, so now we're seeing the opposite. He's enjoying it. He's putting his own spin on it. And there's no talk of you know, three more weeks and I'm out of here, whatever it is. And now with Drake coming in there um, and sticking up for him, you know, you can kind of see it uh, coming into into effect that uh, he's going to end up either fighting for him or negotiating a way for um, Cameron Grimes to get his uh, – freedom or just get fired like you said but uh they're going to do it a different way and i think it take over either la knight and brick maverick are end up having a match with that um the freedom on the line freedom on the line right is where i think it's going to end up going because maybe the other thing is that uh you know la knight can't have enough butlers so you lose your right. butler too maybe so, yeah or if, if Drake Maverick wins, maybe Drake Maverick wants to win the million dollar title. You know, he could finally consummate his marriage and, you know, he has a new hey. baby. So <laughs> we bring back up uh, Renee and all that. But yeah. So, and finally, we had Raquel Gonzalez defeat Zia Lee in a women's match. Solid match. You know, I thought, did we, do we, did Zia Lee get a little bit of her shine taken off of her? Because of this loss. Yeah. Um, I didn't see the point in doing it right now. But mm -hmm. uh, the TN shop action being so new, you know, they spent all the time with, you know, the packages and her getting beat up for so long and, you know, turning her lump of coal into a diamond that uh, they could have spent a longer time having her stat wins and stat wins and stat wins and become you know, the next legit uh, opponent instead of, you know, have a uh, couple matches with Mercedes Martinez and uh, maybe one other girl and then jump right into a title shot. Um, so, yeah, it definitely took some first shine off. What's going to do with the team shop action now because it looks like there's anybody for them to fight. Mercedes Martinez has disappeared. They're not going to fight Raquel. Who does, and who does Raquel fight at TakeOver? Right, like I don't know, because <laughs> if you you don't want Dakota to turn now, because that I think that'd be way too you know that that would only give you a couple weeks of buildup, like that 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 Dakota turn probably needs to happen at Takeover. If well, I guess you, you know go. even if you do it in the CWC 
you'll still have a packed house there. I still think it will play off. But I don't know who, because we have Io Shirai involved with the NXT women's title, tag team titles, which we didn't even see them <laughs> on NXT. So, you know, that kind of shows everything there. Maybe Candle Saray just to throw somebody out there. You know, maybe Indy Hartwell to throw, you know, it's like, who's, now that you've done Zia Lee, like, you know, do you put Zia Lee back out there against her at TakeOver when she just lost? You know, probably not. So it's like, who else do you throw out there? You know, do you give Frankie Monet maybe a quick title, you know, shot against her just to kind of, you know, I don't, I think Frankie Monet could probably eat the loss and be okay. So maybe you do that, but I'll be curious to see who they throw at Raquel. Cause right now there's nobody, you know, it doesn't, mm-hmm. but I do think we need, I think the Dakota Kai turn needs to happen sooner rather than later at this point. You know, we, we need to see or see more seeds of it planted, but um, you know, maybe you see the seeds planted at takeover and then, you know, maybe you just want to do it at an NXT show just to kind of give that feel for it. But um, do you have any thoughts of Greg on who you think, You'd like to uh, who could go at Raquel next? No, Dakota's Dakota makes the most sense. Um, and we said takeover is going to be the night after SummerSlam, right? So yeah. that's about a month from now. Mm-hmm. You know, they can go ahead and and turn right now with Dakota. You know, during a backstage segment. You know, who's next? You know, I am, and then whack right across the face. And now you have three more, um, three more weeks. weeks to build that up, right? And you know you had that match you knew was coming, and this is the big stage to do it on. So mm-hmm. I'll be watching uh, Takeover this or not Takeover NXT to see if that happens because it would be the perfect time to do it right now because, like I said, there's nobody yeah. else to do it. Uh, only other thing that I would sign off on wholeheartedly is my hot Asian girlfriend going back down and taking her old title. Uh, Oscar. Yeah. Cause if they might get use a reboot, it would be her. And, uh, I would love her to see her be the surprise, um, challenger for Raquel. Could it Oscar um, go down there and lose? No, no. Okay. And actually Oscar never lost. That's Remember, true. Well, she, that's a... she left undefeated. She come back. Well, would that um, build up? Raquel even more. It could. Because <laughs> I think because that's <laughs> the thing. Like, could. what if you what if you did the one off? Like, if you just did a one off for Oscar, like saying, "I want to go back down there and win the title. I never want. I never lost." But then if Raquel beats her, that really, I don't know. I guess it just depends on how in you'd want to go on Raquel. Like, if you had Raquel be the one to beat NXT style Oscar. Like that's saying a lot that you believe in Raquel. So that's mm-hmm. my, I mean, you know, cause I don't, I don't see Oscar going down there for good, but then again, no. she, you know, we didn't, you know, we didn't think Finn Bauer would go back down there for a while. So I guess, but like you said, then again, if Oscar's down there for good, she probably needs to beat Raquel. But if it's a one-off, you know, kind of like Sasha and Io Shirai went at it at great American bash. And EO, you know, beat Sasha. And I don't, you know, nobody really looked down upon Sasha for it. So, yeah, I mean, you know, like you said, it, Asuka could use the shine down there. And she wasn't on TV this week. So maybe, maybe she's trying to 
work in the weeds to get down there for you know a one-off or whatever it is so it'd be yeah, good for a thing... six-month run the way finn beller had yeah yeah that could probably and then maybe at rumble time you know show back up on raw or smackdown and you know somehow or maybe go to smackdown you know you've done the raw thing for all all this time maybe go to smackdown and see what you could do there so um yeah. let's also talk up fighter fest this is night two we had the first match, which was Chris Jericho defeating um, Sean Spears, which, you know, doesn't really surprise us. We did play up that Sean Spears could use a chair, and he did. And I think, Greg, the bigger story was the aftermath. So we had MJF come out and say, well, next match is going to be a no DQ. And I was like, well, it's either going to be – it's probably going to be Wardlow, Wardlow. And he brought out Nick Gage who I don't know anything about other than working at Twitter and people talk up this guy. It's like, he's almost like new Jack. He puts his body through anything. And I know he's got a big match against Matt Cardona, which is going to be a big way to oh, see God. what Matt Cardona does now in that type of, you know, environment. I mean, this Nick Gage guy does light bulbs, thumbtacks, you know, staple guns, like everything. So, We'll yeah, see. All the and backyard then, course, Jer- exactly. So now we'll have Jericho bring back the pain maker, which was kind of cool. That little segment he did backstage and he had the makeup ready to go. So, uh, Greg, I don't know if you know anything about Nick Gage, but that seemed like that's pretty big. Like I, you know, this is a guy that, like I said, has been roughing it on the independence for years and years. And now, even if it's a one-off, he gets a one night to show himself and, you know, see if AW wants to sign him for good or or maybe he doesn't want to, you know, sign for anybody. Maybe he just wants to just say, I did it. And then he goes back and keeps going for, um, I think it's GCW, Global Collective Wrestling is the big one or whatever independent stuff he does. So I, I thought the match with, you know, Sean Spears was fine. And, you know, I'm still, I just can't buy Sean Spears for whatever reason. So, you know, even, even with the chair stuff, even, you know, I don't know. It, something isn't always there for me with him. So, uh, but Greg, have it, your own thoughts on Jericho and where he's headed next. Yeah. Um, the match was, yes, it was okay. It was, you know, set the table for the next match pretty much. Um, we knew what we were getting when we, with the uh, stipulations and no Jericho's going to win. He's going to lose the first match. Um, and I'm with you. He will always be Ty Dillinger to me. Uh, I remember I used to have the 10 music as my, as my uh, ringtone. <laughs> that was a good and, song. Uh, yeah. I love that song. <laughs> so um, I'm excited for this next match. Uh, Cause I'm an old school guy. I love color in a match. And, you know, in a match like this where it's going to be, you know, no rules against a guy who's uh, a legendary, like, backyard wrestler, deathmatch type of dude that people are going to be bleeding in buckets. Um, I'm like you. I didn't know who this guy was. Um, I do listen to the Talk is Jericho podcast. Um, When I'm driving, I drive a lot. So, um between the New Day's podcast and Jericho's, um, you know, there's plenty of content. Uh, I did hear him doing an interview uh, with Jericho. He okay. just did a uh, a uh, show about the 
Legends of the um, the Deathmatch. Okay. And he would talk to a handful of guys, and um, they all mentioned uh, Nick Nick Gage. Mm-hmm. I want to say Cage, but I know it's Gage. I, yeah, we got um, Cage, Beige, uh, Rage, <laughs> Jade. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah, and, we need about uh, the age. Battle for the ages. <laughs> oh, oh man, God, just get me off the air right there. No. <laughs> we're we're going to give you the longest episode of Super Kicking with Steven, and that's going to be the highlight right there. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I'm I'm tempted to go and, and watch some of these old matches just to see who this guy is. Uh, I know in the couple minutes after them introducing um, Gage, that Excalibur almost lost his mind talking about how the guy died, literally died in the match for eight minutes and they had to be resuscitated and then he wanted to go back and finish the match. Um, and they really put this guy over big about uh, how big of a, a legend he is uh, in the death match arena and the whole backyard wrestling kind of environment. And, um, you know, him being the most violent man in, in all of wrestling, that kind of thing. So it makes me excited because, you know, I will be there in the building to watch you it. You will be. Person. That's true. You're going to see the is, blood. Yeah. And from, now, uh, sorry, go ahead. The, the, from, the, from the seat I bought, I should be uh, pretty close to the action. So awesome. I was going to say real quick. Now, does this set up the stage, though? Do we need more outside guys for this labors of Jericho? Or do you think, will we go back to the well of the pinnacle? Because now it feels like, now the bar's been set. Like Now it almost feels like we want guys from the outside to kind of take out Jericho. But, you know, do you recycle the pinnacle guys to do this? So that's, you know, that's an interesting aspect to this. Do you think we see kind of a, or it's probably going to be a, maybe a mix. Maybe we'll get you know, pinnacle guy, outside guy, pinnacle guy, outside guy. And then, you know, the, maybe it's all the pinnacle guys against Jericho because it feels like you have to do something like that, probably like a gauntlet match or something like that. So do you think we see any yeah. more outside guys brought in for Jericho, Greg? I think there could be. Um, we see there's five labors, right? So mm-hmm. um, this is going to be number two. Um, and just process of elimination, you can't put uh, FTR in there. They're busy. Um, He's not going to put himself in there. And then uh, you got Wardlow. So maybe Wardlow being the heavy is going to be the fifth labor. So um, you still have labor three and four to go uh, once he beats, assuming he beats uh, Gage. And... um, it would make sense to have, you know, a couple more outside guys uh, come in, especially if this match goes over as well as I'm hoping it does. Um, That's probably the biggest thing. I wonder if they'll see what the reaction is and then kind of decide, okay, you know, maybe there's RFMJF has some guys out there that he's wanted to bring in and kind of see RF, you know, Matt, you know, the, the young bucks or whoever, you know, Kenny Omega, um, mm-hmm. And I wonder if the Wardlow match, I wonder if they'll go back to the well of the still cage because that's kind of where, you know, him and Cody Rhodes put on that really fantastic match. That was kind of the, the you know, the, the start of 
Wardlow kind of getting some rub, you know, or do you revisit the the um, the MMA fight ring? You know, Wardlow yeah. thinking, oh, I could take out Jericho, even though I couldn't take out, you know, Hager. Maybe I could take out Jericho in there. But um, I feel like Wardlow's the next step after this. And then, you know, we kind of get something different. And like, you know, like you said, FTR is busy. But then again, you know, FTR could double dip and do some gauntlet match or something, or, you know, maybe some handicap, yeah, handicap match. match. So, they yeah. so they don't have to do as much. And maybe you have Proud and Powerful out there to take out FTR to kind of, you know, give Jericho the edge. So I, th- I think you could cross over a little bit, but like I said, I'm just, I'll be curious to see outside versus inside guys. So um, Dar- uh, we'd also had Duck Gallows defeat Frankie Gazarian. Does that kind of rub the shine off the <laughs> elite hunter? I mean, he's already, he's already failed. It seems like, cause he just lost to Gallows. So, you know, what, how's he going to take out the elite unless he comes into maybe helping that big 10 man match and, you know, takes out a couple guys for uh hangman page and the dark order to win. But it does feel like weird that he's already, he's already kind of lost the first match, you know, as he's trying to go after these guys. Um, do you think that's, do you think I'm correct in that thinking, Greg, or are you going a different direction with that? No, not exactly. Just because of all the shenanigans that have to take place for him to get the win. Um, plus, he's been he's best when he can pop out of the shadows and and take somebody out, uh, you know, ninja style. Yeah. And um, you know, he's he's been effective at doing that for like the last you know couple months. So, mm-hmm. in his first match, he ends up you know losing you know one on one, but you know, not doubt can win the you know, war type trickery happen. Yeah, so it's just the first in a long line of, of battles that ended up culminating with something big for him at the end. I think. Um, some other things we had, you know, um, Ricky Starks kind of talk up uh, what him winning the title. We also had Hangman Page, the Dark Order, kind of talk up their match, which you'll get to see in person. So. I'm going to assume yeah. that's going to be the main event. I really think that'll be a fun match to watch. And I'm excited for you, Greg, to get to see that. So you'll have to share your ringside seat or wherever you're at and, you know, kind of your thoughts on that as we go next week. So um, not much to say there. Darby Allen defeated Will, 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 your, Wheeler. Sorry, Wheeler, Wheeler, whatever. Wheeler, <laughs> Yuda. And we also had the little fun segment with uh, Sting and Darby. Or sorry, Sting and Orange Cassidy. Nothing beat when Sting hit the kick, and he was just like, <laughs> "I was waiting for him just to make me go, woo, you know that type of deal." So, right. I'm, I'm all down, I'm all in on a Sting and Orange Cassidy match. I mean, you know, it'd be fun and whatnot. So, uh, any thoughts on the Darby Allen and Yuta match, Greg? Uh, no, no, it was it was all about the uh, the Sting and Orange Cassidy moment there. Mm-hmm. Um, seeing them outside, I was like, I know it's going to happen. It's coming. It's coming. And mm-hmm. sure enough, they gave it to me. You know, like Excalibur says, got to give the people what they want. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't expect Sting to do it. I, I thought Orange Cassie was going to stand there and, and antagonize Sting. And um, while the audience is popping in the background. So when Sting does it, I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. It's uh, It was glorious. 
and uh, it would be definitely the most interesting match. I still can't see it, just seeing how you know they're both so baby faced, and you know that's true. Whose side did they take? Um, I thought this matchup was odd enough from the beginning for matching up Darby against a member of the best friends or at least yeah. a protege of the best friends, you know, what's the purpose of that whole booking. But I guess we'll, we'll find out if it ends up being anything or not, but the whole match was kind of, um, you know, kind of a why, but yeah, it was, it was still a decent match, but I don't see what the purpose of it was. And of course, Orange Aside Cassidy got getting Sting and Orange Cassidy to do the just a little the low leg kicks. <laughs> and we also did have Orange Cassidy get taken out with the brass knucks, you know, with by the blade, and that looks like that's going to be a thing for them. Uh, we also saw Nyla Rose and Britt Baker go at it. Britt Baker wins by submission with the lockjaw. I don't know who's next for Britt Baker. I mean, that's a pretty big, you know, that's a pretty good start for defending her title. But it's like, where do you go next? Uh, I love the little Eddie Guerrero segment where Britt threw the title at Nyla, and then Nyla throws the yeah. title at Britt. So when the you know the the referee was all you know distracted, you had Vicky out there, you had um, Rebel out there. It looks like Rebel's on the shelf for some time. That 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 looks like a pretty legit injury she's had, and I thought she just had an injury at some point early on with Britt Baker on the same yeah. knee. So. That can't be a good thing. Um, but, uh, Greg, who do you think is next for Britt Baker? Because I, I honestly am racking my brain. I don't know what, where do we go because, you know, there's not many women that can match up with her right now. Yeah. Um, I, and I did enjoy that, that, that match. It was a, a great match with her and Nyla. And for a second there, I thought that uh, they were going to, Nyla was thinking to get a belt back when they were doing the, the Eddie Guerrero moment. And mm-hmm. uh, Nyla threw it back and and went down. Um, it's like uh, when you get in a fight in school and you mm-hmm. never see who throws the, throws the first punch. You, you see yeah. who, get, who does the second, and that's the person who gets in trouble. As a teacher, Greg, you don't know how many freaking times <laughs> I have. And I just always tell both of them, you can't hit back. <laughs> like I right. know it's the cheapest, it's the cheapest, dumbest answer, especially when kids say, and this is what they always tell me, Greg. Well, my mom said I could. And I'm like, <laughs> and I go, hey, mama ain't think, here. whatever happens at home, <laughs> if they want you to use the N word, if they want you to cuss up a storm, throw the middle finger, hit people at home, have at it, have a party with that. We have school rules, but anyways, that's a whole nother. Yeah. I should do a podcast about teaching because man, I would have some stories for you there. Oh, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> but but who's next? Um, Goldberg. Goldberg. <laughs> oh, she, uh, let me get that locked on Goldberg. I love that. Santina. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think this is a moment where either we get another uh, TNA like crossover. Yeah. Um, like Deanna Perrazzo. Um, I didn't watch Slammiversary or whatever the pay-per-view was that just had um, so she, last weekend, so, I think. And Deanna beat whoever she, she beat, but then Mickey James came out. Mickey so James. So it looks like, 
It looks like Deanna Perrazzo and Mickey James. But like you said, I think the people want Deanna and Britt and they're friends outside the ring. So, you know, that's, and I mean, if you want, I think you save it for all out. Because like we said, we haven't seen a lot of crossover other than, um, you know, the, the, the elite and impact wrestling. And then we did have Jay White show up from new Japan and we've had some new Japan, like we saw um, the the son of Haku in the yeah. ring, and now he's going to get the next title shot for the IWGP US title. But yeah, I think Greg, I'm I'm with you. Give me Diana, give me Britt, at all out. Even if you don't have a title for title, you just do champion versus champion. So then both women keep True. their titles, but you just have one woman have the bragging rights. Because right now, I mean. Penelope Ford, Chris Statlander. I mean, I get, you know, it does feel like we're, I mean, we are slowly building up Chris. Yeah. But would the crowd be too split on that? You know, would we, and I guess that's okay. You know, it's not a bad thing, but at the same time, the best feuds are the ones where we know who is who. But then again, the crowd could be split on Deanna because you could have, you know, some crossover from Impact fans saying, oh, well, we want our champion. And then you have the AW fans and, you know, there's probably a crossover watching there. So, it. Right. I mean, I could it's see Chris Rosa try another run because she is officially all elite now. I don't know if you saw she signed on no, the dotted line, and yeah, it, there's a Thunder Rosa is all elite. So, you know, could she kind of build her way back up? But so I guess there's women out there. Uh, we just, you know, we just gotta kind of wait and see because right now it's, you know, it's hard telling. Yeah, and there's um, one more names just because. Uh, the only reason I brought it up is because they're on the same side of the fence, but uh, I think it's inevitable that A, Britt becomes a babyface. Um, yeah. She already gets one of the largest pops of the night, and, yes. but she's still playing a heel. Um, but Jay Gargill is still waiting in the wings. Yeah. And, you know, nobody's been any competition for her either. Um but I she had to beat uh, Brett though right off the bat because it feels like the way they built her up, exactly, her first title yes. match should probably. And with Brit, I mean, I guess Brit got the title of what double or nothing, so that's a six month reign. I mean, you know, I, and I and I think Brit would still be over, but it feels like with Jade, her first title match, she probably should win it, just because yeah, the way I they agree. built her up. And I mean, but that is a name, Greg, because we haven't seen her. What and she's only had what four ma- I think it's like four matches, maybe. Yeah. I know. I know she's undefeated because <laughs> she won the match with Shaq, and then I thought she beat Red Velvet one other time, and then possibly right. two other matches. So, um, you know, does does Brandy Rhodes get the itch? Because now that she's had her baby, you know, there's there's a name, I guess. But but it feels like Diana and. Brit for all out. If you want to just throw everything at the woodwork, that probably should be it. And then maybe Chris Statlander at, at, Revolu- at um, full gear because that would be in November. So you still got, you know, you build up Chris Statlander. Maybe she does stuff with the um, the bunny at all out just to kind of, you know, build her up. So um, yeah. there, there's a name too, the bunny. I don't, I know you, you love Allie. So, yep. but if you want to make all out the, the event, it should be. I think you just got to go to Impact to be like, hey, we really should cross over and, you know, really do this up. So, 
Um, how about this segment with Andrade and Death Triangle and Greg Chavo Guerrero? Yeah, that's all I got. Like, like that was the big surprise. Like, their big surprises aren't always the big surprises. Right. <laughs> like, if Charlotte Flair comes out there and is paired up with, you know, Andrade, that's a big surprise. But, you know, these, you know, Mark Henry, Big Show. Now, the rumors, of course, are running that Daniel Bryan and CM Punk, until I see either one of those guys in the ring physically doing something, and they're just rumors. But, you know, one of those two guys is that holy shit moment. <laughs> Part of my French. Like, that is Chavo Guerrero, though, Greg. I'm like, eh, all right. Like, yay. <laughs> and this whole... You know, and I get you're in Texas, so you're speaking in Spanish, but I didn't know what the hell they were saying. So I kind of, it's hard to buy, you know, what they're, what they're saying. I'm thinking ultimately Penta and Phoenix have to side with Andrade, but then who joins up with, <laughs> with Pac, you know, does Pac just go on his own? But I think ultimately you get Phoenix, Ray Phoenix, and you get Penta El Cerro, you get um, Alex. You get Chavo. I mean, this is just a big La, La and this is legit La Familia. You know, this mm -hmm. is an edge <laughs> with you know him, him and Vicky and and draw are in um, <laughs> and Chavo. Sorry, Chavo was there, um, but yeah. So, Greg, does ultimately this become Phoenix Andrade and Penta all as a unit? Yeah, I'm. I've got that. That's what they were shooting for. Um, with him coming out and speaking in Spanish and just targeting Ray and uh, Penta, you know, playing up the whole, you know, we're luchadors, we're Latinos, we're, we should be together. And, you know, Pac, why are you here? Um, is kind of what the whole tone of that segment was about. Um, so, and I think even I've looked at those three being uh, Pop, Ray, and Phoenix and going, okay, I, one of these things is not like the other, but they're all awesome. But, you know, what was the thread that brought those three together? I get the, mm -hmm. the Lucha Bros, of course, but, you know, yeah. how did Pop become in, in, uh, part of the puzzle? Um, so it makes sense. And if you look at it, in the sense of pulling them apart and putting um, Pentagon and Ray, uh, Alex, Chavo, Andrade, and yeah, it <laughs> all looks group too. Yeah, it, it. But they all look the part. They all look like yeah. you know they could have come from the same family or the same group of luchadors, and, and so uh, it makes sense and. I think eventually it will happen, and um, maybe I'm trying to decide if, with Andrade, it has to be a hill faction. Uh, faction. I don't see yeah. Andrade playing a baby face anytime soon. Um, and they become, you know, the big um, heel faction, and Dark Order becomes the baby face faction that we're. They are already. I mean, it's already so. And you could right. have those two kind of go at it. Now, could Pac 
I mean, Buddy Murphy was out there. Like I'm thinking about guys he could bring in, but Buddy Murphy isn't. You know, do you want do you want a, a League of Nations like Miro, Kip Sabian, Puck, Buddy Murphy? Um, I don't know who else. And you know that, but I I because Kip Sabian's been on the shelf for some time, so I don't know when he's due back. But our, you know, Pac is probably gonna just have to do his own thing because that he he seems best by himself. So yeah, if he I does agree. have anybody, that's fine. So and Miro's kind of doing his own thing as the redeemer and you know whatever that's supposed to be. Um, it it does feel like that's the best fit for Miro right now. So um, yeah, I guess we'll just wait and see. But uh, let's just you know we had Orange Cassidy defeat um, the Blade with the Orange Punch. Because the brass necks got involved, I think we might see more there. I want to get to the final match, though, Greg, because we were just talking about Lance Archer and like where the hell is he going? And the hell is he? the The road he was going to is the IWGP title, which I did not foresee happening. I, you know, I not that John Moxley would hold it forever, but you know, I, the way they were building up Lance Archer wasn't anything. So this was pretty big of a surprise. You know, good, just battle for it. And then we did see Hayakuli, I think, or I forget how you say his name, because now he'll get the next title shot. And I think that's happening next week. I could be wrong or it's happening soon. So, um, yeah, Greg, what do you think about Lance Archer grabbing the title off Moxley? And where does Moxley go? Because now, you know, do you put Moxley back in – I feel like Moxley is going to be in that weird limbo. Like we don't know. Well, just we might just have to throw him some matches and see where we could put him at. Yeah, um, I was surprised to see him take the L in that match. Um, you know, death matches, anything can happen. I was hoping for a good old school death match, and it wasn't quite old school, but it was still a good death match. Um, and, you know, the bump that finished the match was, you know, a really good bump. Um, going through the, the double tables with the double barbed wire yep. uh, platforms on top. Um, I know I wouldn't have got it from that. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's a legitimate way to, you know, put Archer over. Uh, beating mocks, you know, face full of blood, you know, brutal match and you know now he's a champ so now he looks like a million bucks uh son of Paku uh, up next and we uh don't know anything about this guy other than unless you're watching you know Japanese rest I guess he's in Japan um so we just know that uh this morning guys can go and he they said he's six eight so they're going to be, he's going to be a little, a fraction taller than Lance Archer. Um, so it should be a, you know, brutal match. And so something to look forward to. Where does Moxley go? He's going to go back home to Renee and baby duty. And <laughs> then um, I think that uh, it would be a good time to put him back into the elite storyline. And, mm-hmm. I you know, see, hunting yeah, down Kenny that. Omega. Um, you know, the, the list of allies to go against the elite is still running thin and, uh, it'd be a good time to put him back in the mix for Kenny Omega. Cause he's going to have to drop to somebody and, um, 
Mox that would be a legit name to put into the hat. Yeah. Well, that was a uh, Fighter Fest night two, and now Greg, you'll be live there in person for Fight for the Fallen. So you'll have to give us all the all the juicy uh, details of that. Let's take another commercial break. We're actually going to do two in a row for you. We'll do a little realty talk. Then we'll get our rogue energy out, and then we'll finish up with SmackDown. Uh, what a show this has been, though. We've we've given you all the different angles on the today's show. I think I think it's been one of the best super kicking episodes we've had, Greg. I don't want to I don't want to jinx it, but uh, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, uh, Sean Nugent, get some rock star realty talk for you, and then we'll give you some rogue energy and uh, come right back to get ready for SmackDown and finish up the week. What's up, everybody? It's your boy Dan over at BWSports1.com and Black and White Sports. And I'm wondering, if you're ready to buy or sell that home, now's the time, and I got just the person for you. Mr. Sean Nugent, a.k.a. Rockstar Realtor himself, 317-503-8322. Put that home on the market. Get into your dream home with this man. Talk to Sean at Talk to Tucker today, 317-503-8322. And make sure you tell him the boys over at BWSports1.com sent you. So SmackDown, SmackDown, SmackDown. Some stuff happened last night on SmackDown. Uh, Finn Bout. Oh, John Cena came out. Sorry, first. And talked up his challenge to Roman Reigns. And we will get the answer later on in the night. Finn Bauer, though, came out and defeated Sami Zayn. I thought a really good match for Finn Bauer back on SmackDown. I love the entrance. I was doing it at home with him and all that. And love that's a that's a song that you like to keep on your phone too, Greg, that you just kind of throw on when you're working out or I would go on walks and have that in the background, you know, good match for Finn Bauer back. Uh, any thoughts on the Finn Bauer, Sami Zayn match there? Uh, yeah. Um, number one, that was my ringtone for a few minutes. <laughs> uh, it's still on my phone. And uh, right now it's Alistair Black's music, but um, yeah, him, him and Sammy had a you know good match. I expected them to do. Um, I'm nervous about Finn coming back and um, back to his, you know, old ways. I'm hoping that uh, it's better this time in the sense that, you know, he gets to carry that swagger. He got back in NXT, bring it up as far as his ring work, his promo style, and um, being a little more harder edged um, and, you know, shooting for the top, and you know, just said he's coming back to win championships, <laughs> right? Which he did at the end of the night. So, um, I don't want the same Finn Balor that went down. I want the one that we got after he went down. So, um, this match was a good start. So happy to see 
them back right now. Uh, so I just hope they, you know, get more better mileage out of him this time than uh, before he went down last time. Uh, well, no, of course, we always forget. Um, well, I don't. We don't forget. But Finn was the first Universal Champion, and he beat Roman on the way to that. And unfortunately, you know, you get hurt in the match. I mean, we can't. Now, yeah. I think that I wonder if that hurt him more confidence-wise than anything else. So maybe he could never get back to that that point. And you know, the booking probably didn't help him at times. But you know, emotionally, you wonder as well. Like, if you're at the highest of highs. And then you get hurt, you're probably at the lowest of lows, you know, trying to get back. So um, I can't remember, Greg, but I know there was that big segment with Big E, Apollo Cruz, Robert Rude, Dolph Ziggler, Cesaro, which really meant nothing because it just happened and then it was gone. But am I misremembering? Was that after this match? Yeah, that was after that match. Okay, I couldn't uh, remember when that happened, but it was Big E talking. And then Apollo Crews came out, and then um, Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler came out for some reason. I don't know why they'd want to go to the IC title when they're a tag team, especially exactly. when we saw their, especially when we saw their backstage segment with Kevin Owens and Barrett Corbin. So then we had Cesaro coming out. So so maybe I'll maybe I'll pick up some of my forty that I I spilt last week, Greg, <laughs> and you know put it back in the bottle for Cesaro because. Luckily, he didn't have to face Chad Gable in Miami or Otis in, Chad, in Miami. You know, maybe he is in the IC title picture. Yeah, well, it didn't make sense. But my guess is that uh, them doing the whole simulcast thing is that they just brought out the principal characters and then they probably had like a six-man match while the that, okay. rolling loud couple of matches was going on. Um do you Otherwise, think they? Yeah. What's do you the think they of, might have simulcast it? I. It would have made the most sense. Yeah. But um, then again, we don't know because they didn't show the crowd. Right. SmackDown. So maybe, like you said, so maybe they, they just did that to keep it going while that was the filler match. While the we you could have Mac- are watching what's happening in Miami. Yeah. And you could have McAfee and still Cole call that. And that's the thing. I thought maybe they might have had like two other announcers call that you know they only did two matches so i guess it doesn't make sense <laughs> even though you flew you know angel dawkins chad gable otis um uh, montez Ford, bianca belair and carmelo down there and a referee and alicia taylor <laughs> the announcer because it sounded like she was unless she was there at the state she could have been there at the arena but um so we did get the two matches at rolling and i keep i keep wanting to say rolling rock rolling loud um Angelo Dawkins defeated Chad Gable. Wally was there. It seemed like the rolling crowd, the rolling loud crowd, did not know what to do. Like, yeah, you know, they, I, I don't, or maybe they didn't know there was gonna, maybe they had no idea that there was gonna be wrestling there. Um, Bianca Belair, of course, defeats Carmella. I thought we might have seen Sasha come out because I thought that could have got a pop. And I still don't know what the hell is going on with Sasha because you know. She still hasn't shown up yet. And what's next for Bianca Belair? So, could you know, a couple matches there. Uh, did you have any anything to add there, Greg, for the – like I said, I thought the crowd was just like, uh, give us music. Like, they didn't know what you – know, <laughs> Right. I don't know if the crossover was as strong. I feel like you need a – now, granted, I hate to 
this probably going to sound like racist, but the one, the people they sent there, I felt like would have played to that crowd. Does that yeah. make like, no, I totally get know, it in. Yeah. Like NXT um, did the big rock festivals in England. And then they had like, you know, Rhea Ripley there in, um, that was, you know, Alistair Black, like these dark. So, you know, you, you sent the people you thought, you know, but the crowd did nothing. And I don't know exactly. if you really got the, I don't know if Rolling Loud played up the, the wrestling aspect because it felt like, you know, that was announced about a month ago. So you had time. It didn't seem like the crossover was what they wanted. Yeah. Um, I actually kind of felt bad for them. Um, I know it's cool to be up there in front of all those people. But at the same time, to be in front of all those people who are either aren't aware they might not even know who they are. that you're there, yeah. right? Don't know who you are. Don't know why you're there. Um, a segment of them probably have no idea, you know, who or what WWE is. Mm-hmm. You know, they could have thought it was a boxing match. They could have thought it was, you know, bare knuckle fighting. They could have thought it was anything. Um, they definitely did not get their reaction, the response that they want. Um, it was a good idea to bring out Street Profits with Wale because, you know, they get to, you know, he's giving them his credibility yeah. by bringing them out. And so he said, these are the guys you should be hyped for. Um, and then that carries over into the match, ideally. But and, the crowd um, wasn't hyped. <laughs> no, the, the crowd was not hyped. Well, you got to think, um, too, like the people in the way, wait, like how they didn't show it on the screen, I don't think. So how did the people, like, you know, that, that crowd went pretty deep. Like how in the hell did those people in the back even, it, they had to look like, you know, that to them. Like there was no right. way, <laughs> you know, that they even looked like anything. So you at least should have put it on that screen was behind them. You know, yeah, I, I like the idea, but you need to do it in a setting that's more relevant to what they're trying to accomplish. When um, when Limp Biscuit gets reunited, Greg, that's where they should go. <laughs> 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 they could have Undertaker out there singing Rollin, and you know, you could get. I still remember that WrestleMania that Limp Biscuit did. I think it was three songs. I know they did two at least, like 21, 20, whatever. It was in the 20s range, and Limp Biscuit was out there like two different times for you know musical acts. But when Limp Biscuit and Nickelback announce their co-headlining tour that will you know play at the state fairs, then you know you may want to you may want to bring that crowd back. But I don't I don't I guess what I'm saying is, Greg, I don't think they'll be invited back to Rolling Loud next year. Unfortunately, right? right. Yeah, <laughs> good idea, but bad. Bad execution. Need or you to... need maybe bigger stars. Do you think you, like you need John Cena down there? You need Roman. Like you know, Street Profits. They're they're middle tier. Like you know, I think the crowd loves them, the WWE crowd, but it's not. They're not those figures that, like you said, a rolling loud you know rap fan would recognize. Like John Cena shows up, I think there might be actually some reaction. Even if you give John Cena a five-minute squash match against, you know, Chad Gable, because that's pretty much what Angelo Dawkins did, and yeah. you know, and I thought Bianca and Carmella, I don't, and once again, are they names that people know? Like Sasha comes out there, even then, I don't know if Sasha's maybe that crossover 
I mean, she was in the Mandalorian for a couple episodes or three episodes. So maybe she does have that crossover appeal, but Bianca right now, she's so new and Carmela, they don't have that crossover appeal right now. Right. But anyways, uh, but let's get to the good segment, which was next edge and Seth Rollins this. And by the way, <laughs> kudos to the person in the front row that decided to dress like dumb and dumber. And then you had edge coming out dressed like dumb and dumber. I mean, I don't know if they play in that or not, but that was a pretty good little crossover there. Speaking of, you know, you had that, I don't know if you saw him, the fan in the top hat, uh, and he was in the front row camera side and he looked like the dumb and dumb. And then you had edge or Seth Rollins coming out there, but this is a match, Greg, I'm looking forward to at, at SummerSlam. You know, we already got the built-in factor of when Edge already played a role with Seth Rollins. And mm-hmm. that's when I was like, oh, if Edge gets physical, he's going to get. And I, you know, I thought then, oh, maybe Edge could come back then because he got so physical in the ring. You know, it wasn't much physical, but it was enough. So this, and there was, you know, some truth to it about it. So, and if we could get Becky and Beth Phoenix involved down the road, I mean, you know, that could be a really fun kind of intergender match down the road. So, you know, maybe Royal Rumble time, you know, maybe you have all four of those kind of go at it. But um, I will be curious which direction they go. Who wins? Because, you know, is Edge – I don't usually like to agree with Vince Russo, but he had kind of thoughts that Edge is the next part-time legend that they'll call upon. And I'm okay with that, you know, because Edge could still go in the ring. Edge still has appeal. I'm like Goldberg. You know, you got Taker gone. You have John Cena, you know, here and there. You have The Rock. Edge is going to be that next tier because right now, you know, you got Christian in AEW, so you can't use Christian. You know, you can't use Big Show, Mark Henry. Those guys are gone. Edge is kind of that next, you know, guy's that, you know, well, it's really just him. I mean, Batista's done. It seems like, you know, for good, you know, maybe because he got the he got the match he wanted with Triple H. Triple H is another name in that edge vein. Like, does Triple H come back here and there? So um, Edge and Seth Rollins is really going to be a match to watch to see which direction they go. And I I was all in on this segment and uh, I'm sure you were all in on it as well. Yeah, it was great segment. And uh, I would definitely sign up for that with uh, Edge being that next guy up. Um, more definitely a whole lot more over than Goldberg. You know, Edge can he can do give you a, a hot he promo. He does so much more. He can give you more than the five minute match. The guy can, you know, he's just as good as he was, you know, ten years ago. And um, yeah, give with a reduced workload and you know some choice. Uh, rivalries, and then he just fades off the camera for a few months. You know, you can get a good number of years out of him for a long while, and he still maintain, maintain, um, you know, four or five star matches uh, in quality, unlike Oldberg matches. So uh, I hope that's true. And uh, this segment was great with uh, their back and forth, and. It, it makes me look forward to uh, their SummerSlam match. Uh, probably two, there's second or third 
as far as um, the matches I'm looking forward to seeing the most. Yeah. Uh, Tony Storm made her debut, so it's Tony time. She deleted, de uh, deleted, defeated Selena <laughs> Vega. Um, I was kind of mixed with that, you know, that idea because Selena really hasn't. Now, granted, she got called into the Money in the Bank match. She had her moments there. You know, uh, she didn't she lose to somebody the week before? Did she lose to Liv Morgan? Or am yeah. I mistaken? Okay. No, she did. Um, so if you would have had Liv out there, maybe distracting Selena to get Tony the win, I get that. May, but then again, Tony Storm picking up the win without any help is probably better for Tony Storm. So maybe I'm just kind of overthinking things. Uh, did you like the win by Tony Storm last night, Greg? I did. Um, the thing with Selena is I I don't think I've ever seen her win a match. So the fact yeah, that she I mean, lost that's... this match doesn't surprise me. Okay. Um, she might be there just to be the job squad for the other um, rising talents like Tony Storm. Or pick up wins if she needs it or something, you know, like a gatekeeper type. Yeah. I mean, without – you know, somebody to, you know, doing it on her own. She's, she's not that girl. Um, I don't ever see her as, you know, holding the title. Um, she just doesn't have that, that to her. Um, you know, with Alexa, you can see that, that possibility, but with Zelina, not so much, you know, I know they're the, pretty much the same size, but the way they come across um, in the ring and, you know, in promos, you know, you can see a night and day difference um, just putting those two side by side. So with Selena, it doesn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me if she had won the match. Um, yeah. and, and Tony looked great. Um, I can legit see how most people may not be familiar with her because she's on UK. Um, a, the biggest majority of her um, WWE wrestling life. Uh, she's done she's a couple matches on the regular brand, um, but she's a UK phenom. And I think her her finish looked pretty awesome. So I think she she makes she uh, tweaked it a little bit, and uh, it looks even better. So um, now it's called Storm One instead of Storm Zero. So. Yeah. I'm uh, looking forward to seeing what they do with her because, you know, she has that it to her yeah. that uh, if they do it right, you know, she can be a player. Exactly. Um, and then we did have Jamie Uso defeat Dominic Mysterio, kind of building up them. But let's get to the end because this is where I, it took a little swerve for us. So we had Roman Reigns come out there and deny John Cena's challenge, which I kind of liked. Because, you know, usually we just get these straight up, oh, I accept, you know, begrudgingly. But this is this is Roman saying, I'm above this. But then Finn Bauer comes out there, which I didn't foresee coming, and say, well, mm -hmm. if you don't want to answer his challenge, how about mine? And then he accepts Finn Bauer's. Now, they could either play this up. It happens next week, the week after. Or, you know, I, I think this match happens as a middle ground to get to Cena and Reigns. Mm -hmm. Like Exactly. No offense to Finn Bauer, but Finn Bauer and Roman Reigns is not a SummerSlam main event. I mean, just right now. Like, Finn would need some time to kind of get back in that, you know, that spotlight. 
So, I mean, even when Finn won the title, I think that was the middle of the night, wasn't it? It wasn't the – I don't think that was the final match at that SummerSlam that he won the title against Seth. If I remember right, I thought there was still another match. Was it maybe Brock and Taker or something? If I – was that the same night? I don't know. But anyways. Yeah, maybe. I'll get my research squad to get on that, which is <laughs> myself. But anyways, um, so Finn Bauer and Roman, I think, happens, you know, and maybe they sit, maybe he plays it up like Lashley and says, well, you challenged me, but you didn't say for the title or something stupid like, you know, semantics. Right. But I think this does happen in the next week or so. And that it, even if Finn loses, he's still better for it. Like it shows that we want Finn back in that title picture. So, but you know, it's got to be Roman Reigns. It's got to be John Cena, WrestleMania, or sorry, SummerSlam main event. Like that's, we're getting that. <laughs> that's, you know, that's where we want to go and that's where we should go. So, uh, but Greg, where, you know, what do you think about Finn Bauer showing up? You know, you brought it up earlier. We got to rebook him and it looks like they're at least giving him that shine right away, just like they did last time on the Raw debut. Yeah, and and it's what I expected to happen partly, um, because like we said earlier, that uh, you're gonna have to fill in those weeks between now and SummerSlam, and they're not gonna be, you know, pull apart fights every week. So there's gonna have to be some back and forth, and you know, promos going back and forth. So it only makes sense that Roman would come out and, you know, give me this is the same John Cena speech and then say no. And mm-hmm. that lays the groundwork for Cena have to come out and convince him or diss him to the point where, okay, now you're going to get it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but yeah, that, that swerve got me too when um, he said no and he's, Talking, talking, like okay, waiting for the the scene of music to hit and Finn built Finn's music hits. Uh, oh, okay. And then I started thinking about um, Finn's and Cena at SummerSlam, and in the sense that it would be more realistic in the fact that Finn's going to be full time and John Cena is here for a good time, and he's probably going to disappear after the end of the summer. So if there would be a title change, it'd be, it would make more sense that Finn would win it, uh, given his track record, given the fact that, you know, he was the first champ, so on and so on. Um, so I get it. And, but I also had the same thought of next week coming out and, said, and having a match that's the main event of SmackDown. Or, you know, you get your match, but it's not a title match. And maybe Finn wins. And then um, one thing I don't want, for sure don't want, is a triple threat. Yeah, and that scares yeah, me every um, time you yeah. throw a third person into the mix like that. Um, yeah, that Roman and really. Cena do not need a third person. Like, if you already got Heyman involved, you know, not involved, but, like, yeah, yeah. I don't think you need Finn in there. Because, you know, Finn's promos are hit or miss at times as well. You know, mm-hmm. so I think that would just be too much stuff right there. So, um, and then of course I'm thinking, uh, if Roman doesn't like to do missionary every time, what does he like to do? 
Wow, that, that, that line that line got me. Holy crap. I know you talk about like I mean that line you know, got you everybody. Get, you get the usual like, you know, curse word, but I was like, whoa, like that's that's a little, you know, some of the little kids are probably turning their moms and dads and be like, What's missionary? Like, you know, like <laughs> and the mom and dads are like, damn it. Roman Reigns, why'd you bring that up? Like, so our wife's probably at home, like, oh, is that how he really feels? <laughs> he does not, he's got a few kids. He's got four or five kids, and I think one of them is twins. So obviously, he, you know, he's he's probably done a few different ways. But yeah, that line. Yeah. That was I a great was line, like, though. Kenny Mega's jealous of that line. <laughs> yeah, because we we've already heard, uh, you know, Kenny try to go toe the line on that and. You know, and if we could get a crossover, Kenny Omega and Roman at oh god, like Ooh. can you imagine like a match? And like Dallin Callis, Paul Heyman going at each other, like I mean Yeah. That come would be on. Amazing. Wrestling gods just work together. Give us the elite and new day. <laughs> Give us, you know, Kenny Omega and Seth, you know, like cause that was brought up on BTE. Like, you know, they were like um we had Matt Hardy saying well, Kenny, you're better than Roman, Cena, Drew McIntyre, Bobby Lashley. And then one of the Young Bucks is like, what about Seth Rollins? He's like, oh, yeah, you're definitely better than Seth Rollins. Like, Because, you know, Seth is always that talker on Twitter that likes to bring up things. But, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, if we could just get an all-out, like, Survivor Series of brand versus brand, you know, Impact Wrestling's best, AEW's best, Ring of Honor's best, you know, maybe the best independent, like, just come on. Like, can't we all just get along? <laughs> like, just one night only, you know, just give it to us. Give us all, you know, dream matches, like legit dream matches, not, you know. Yeah. Sometimes they say the dream match tag, and I'm like, is it really a dream match? Like, you know, but, um, well, that is our show today. Wow. Whew. I am. I, I was chugging water during the break, Greg, as you saw. So I, <laughs> we definitely uh, lived it up. We, I might need to get that rogue energy for next time. So, uh, did you yeah. have any finally final parting shots you'd like to throw out there for our, um, the end uh, end of the show? Yeah, just lots to unpack, and it's so much better now with you know us being able to you know do these shows, knowing um, you know crowds are back. How how they're responding, and you know the show quality is so much better uh, right off the bat. Yes. Uh, those first Raws, those first SmackDowns, the first um, AWs in front of real crowds. Um, mm-hmm. You know, not just a few hundred people, ten uh, yep. percent capacity in front of all those people, all the people. Uh, it's super exciting. I'm loving it, and. Um, I'm super stoked to go to my first AEW show in four days from now. And um, and I'm excited for you. Like, I'm, it's really awesome. And like I said, I definitely check out if you could see any meet and greets. If they're doing, I say, I don't know if they're doing that because of COVID, but you definitely need to see if they have any good meet and greets available and uh, go check that out. Because that's always cool just to yeah. get a little, you know, picture with somebody and um, talk to them for, you know, a minute or two you know, and you feel like you get the best form of them because they want to be there and they want, right. you know, it's not like they're not like they have, you know, it's not like them doing a convention and they're kind of feeling like they're obligated. I mean, this is probably them saying they want to do a meet and greet type deal. So, um, right. And, and you, you got to not be able to see anybody, you know, exactly. any fans for 
a year and a half. So they're going to be a little more receptive than probably exactly. usual. And there should you got a pretty good card for fight for the fallen. So um, yeah, I'm definitely excited for you. I don't know when my next wrestling event will be because you know right now WWE's just announced all the all the 25 dates for you know the closest we got is Cincinnati. I think they're coming there. And then I'm hearing Extreme Rules will be in Columbus, Ohio, but oh. I don't think I can swing that. So, because Extreme Rules is going to be next month uh, for the pay per view, so they kind of moved it. I I always like Extreme Rules at the end of the year, though. I think that should be like uh, a winter. I don't know why. You know, like SummerSlam, obviously summer WrestleMania when it's at Royal Rumble. Like I don't know. I always think of Extreme Rules. Like when we had Extreme Rules in the summertime. I don't know. It really didn't fit because you got all the violence and, you know, maybe that's why. But anyway, so but thank you for watching us. Um, we love this Brittany gal. She was in the chat. We're going to get in touch with her. Maybe bring her on. I think she's a bare knuckles fighter as well. So maybe we could have her talk that up, nice. you know, combat fighting and, you know, get her involved. And she said she'd be more than happy to, you know, shoot the breeze with us and kind of talk that up. But I, I'm just excited for you know, this whole CM Punk and Daniel Bryan stuff like that just gets my brain going. Like, where are they going to end up? Because when that, whenever that happens, we might have to do an emergency yeah. show that day because sure. the internet will blow up. And if we want to get the most views, that'd probably be it. So that's the biggest story, right? Like that is the summer storyline sizzling right now. Um, but definitely get in touch with us. If you want to be involved with the show, I'm going to get my friend Jay on that we had before for, uh, was it Royal Rumble or something? He came on with us before. We're going to get him for SummerSlam. Uh, kind of get a three-person booth going to kind of give our predictions for that. So, but And that will be fun because we'll we'll do our preview the day of SummerSlam. So that will be kind of fun to have, you know, that energy of SummerSlam on us. I, I love the idea of pay-per-views because we didn't bring this up, Greg. They're going to do a New Year's Day pay-per-view on Saturday, January 1st. Uh, oh, they wow. just announced that with Trey Young and I think it was um, Bianca Belair in Atlanta. So we'll get nice. a pay-per-view on New Year's Day, which is kind of cool. You know, like somebody said, why are you not bringing back New Year's Revolution? <laughs> you know, and maybe they'll have a little setup for that. But uh, thank you for watching me. You can follow me at Stephen A1181 on Twitter. Catch a super kick with Stephen. Uh, BW Sports One, all the fun shows. And yeah, thanks for watching, and we'll talk to you guys later. Peace.